1: Hello and welcome to podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about the films of 1999 from our secret underground bowling alley here in 2019. I'm one of your hosts, Kenny Nybart. And I'm Phil Liskove. And today we have a very special guest, um, Laura Nybart. You may recognize that last name because it's my last name. It's my- <laughs> For all that, yeah. Laura was a producer and Entourage with me where we met. And uh, Just like it, in the story of us. Just like in the story of us. Uh, oh, I was going to say just like in the story of Entourage. Oh, well, that's it's it. a very romantic movie, Entourage, television show. And uh, it should be – I mean, it did bring you guys together. That's if nothing, true. If nothing that's else, true. that should married. be Entourage's legacy. We got married. Yeah. And then we had three kids, and we're having our fourth. Fourth, yeah? right. So Entourage, you know, gave us that. Entourage gave us that, and it also gave us a scene where Johnny Drama
2: <laughs> gave, gave,
1: um, gave a rim job to a woman in a pool. So,
3: True. Those so are, th- <laughs> those two things are so romantic.
0: I, re- I think I blocked that out.
3: There's a lot of that show I blocked out, just to be clear. Well, we blocked th- out several years of our lives from yeah. that show. I, I watched <laughs> the entire run of Entourage, just to be clear. So sweet of you. I don't think I did it for you, though. No. I think I weirdly just did it because I was like, I just got to see how this fucking head comes to a – to a stop at the end of this highway. This head comes but to a... rolling st- head. I was, just like, That's, I was just like, I feel like I'm watching some sort of car crash in slow motion. So at a certain but, point, but I But by wanted- the
0: way, I mean, when we tell people that, that we met on Entourage, people are genuinely excited and they loved the show. Yeah.
3: That's true. Yeah. The, the show had a moment. And I, I would actually say that the second season of that show is legitimately a good season of television. Do you want to ask yeah. what season I started in? <laughs> Three? The
0: third! <laughs> the third. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I started in the fifth. The,
3: well, the second wow. season it actually is a truly great I mean, it actually is a good season yes. of television because it, I mean, up until the very last moment, had they mm-hmm. left that season on a cliffhanger of whether or not he gets Aquaman or not, it would have gone down as one of the best seasons. We it's, could a, it, it. It's, a,
0: it's a great show, but I mean, I don't, I'm not aware of uh, most shows sort of, in their fifth, sixth. yeah, well, that's true. So, I mean, three point. That's a good point. We're, I feel I like
1: we're the only show that ever gets judged on our like last five seasons. Yeah, you know, I stopped watching shows I love after three seasons.
0: Me too. Yeah, it's 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 really hard to keep to keep that going, to keep it up, to keep the characters fresh, the storylines. I mean, how we hard we, we know you know you were you were in the writers' room.
1: It was hard. Yeah, but I would also, I mean.
3: I would argue whether or not... Yeah, you, this is an Entourage is, Reclamation podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, this is the best preamble to Girl Interrupted ever. But I, I will say that that do you think Entourage could be made today? Uh, like, there's in a sort of post me Too universe, can Entourage exist?
1: What do you think, Lowe? Well... Uh, uh, this is an interesting question.
3: This I'm,
0: is a really interesting yeah. question. <laughs> I don't think what went on behind the scenes at
2: Tragedy <laughs> sure. Could, sure.
0: Could, could happen today. <laughs> elipsies, elipsies. Um yeah. yeah, but I think no. I I think that that honestly would have to be a little darker. I don't. I don't think that that it would be as relevant if it wasn't as dark. If it wasn't darker and if it wasn't dealing with more of the Me Too,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you know. I mean, there's just it's just a different. It's just like it's do those guys
3: exist? I mean, they exist. Obviously, guys like that still exist, but I feel are, like they're they becoming
1: more extinct. I would say, I would, all right. So I, those guys definitely exist, and those guys aren't going away. That's kind of the problem yeah. with yeah. like the, with the patriarchy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Are those guys protagonists anymore? So that's right. so there's there's that. Like I would say, Entourage. As far as I can tell, I haven't watched the show yet. But as far <laughs> as I can tell, Entourage exists right now. It's called the Other Two, and that's actually oh, really? like what modern. Flash in the pan celebrity. Oh, kind of looks I see what like. I see. What you're coming at? From. So okay. that's you know, interesting. You probably you probably come at it from either a out of nowhere YouTube success, mm-hmm. or I would be interested. And this is an obvious and very easy thing to say. I'd be interested to see what like a female entourage actually looks like because the big stars just in the world yeah. are like they're not necessarily actresses, but like the Ariana Grandes, yeah. Selena Gomez's, the
0: influencers,
1: some influencers who I actually would rather not see a movie, a television show. Uh,
3: but I way. but that feels. More on the pulse, if you will, than right. I right I now.
0: would love to see that show. I think that would be really interesting. The
1: influencer show? Yeah. We know an influencer. <laughs> Should we do a show
2: about I it? I
0: mean, everyone knows an influencer. <laughs> I get influenced out there all the time. Yeah. No, yeah. no, but I, I, I think that the I mean, especially I'm someone who does who isn't on social media anymore and who doesn't who mm-hmm. who doesn't really, you know, I don't love the influence. I I mean I Love our friend, <laughs> and I. And I, but I think that influencers are so prevalent, and it's 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 a really interesting perspective and in story. Do you know how much she influences me? No,
1: I've described my style as the male version of her style. Really? Yes. Would you agree with that?
0: No. <laughs> I wish you could have seen Laura's face. She's like
2: a oh,
1: no. 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 Well, I, mean, I think that's just the idea that I have
3: style. Right. Right. I, but I But I do think that. It's just, I don't know. It's interesting. We're not that far from Entourage when, no. it, when it, you know, went off the air. The movie was obviously a disaster. Yeah, we're, no, four, we're four kids from Entourage. <laughs> but but I, I just mean, like, the, the country sort of just did not want to see that movie. They just outright, yeah. you know, said no. Um, Now, whether or not it was released at a bad time and marketed poorly or any number of things, people basically were like, no. Now, they went to see the Sex and the City movie, and no one even, you know, if you made a third one, I bet they'd go and see a third one. So what happened in that? Like, that sort of schism between those two shows, I think, is interesting. The the fact that people have either turned against Entourage, they didn't turn against Sex and the City.
1: They, They did after the second movie.
3: Yes, but I think that if if they tried to buy it back in the third one and tried to sort of right the ship, I think people would have given them a shot.
1: You think I, people would go?
0: Yeah, I, I do. You think you would go? Yeah. I mean,
3: I would mm. go, and I, would I go. hated the first two movies.
0: Yeah, I, I never so. saw the second one, but I think that I remember seeing the first one. So
2: do I. <laughs> and I, do I was
0: excited about it, and but it's escapism. It's not... Yeah, which it, is so,
3: Entourage it, as well, but I guess there's sort of a... there is, there's, but there's s- an There's something sour about it. Yeah, yeah. that that's
0: yeah. not as... It's the, fun. Ma- the machismo that is fun, yeah,
3: alpha male quality yeah. that exists within it is. Mm-hmm. I don't think has dated well.
1: Well, the thing, yeah. the other thing about entourage was, for better or worse, there was no judgment of the actions That's of true. the protagonists. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And you, you, you not only can't make that today, you wouldn't want to make that today. You wouldn't want to be seen as non-judgmental when it comes to like, you know, kind of this, uh, this, this for the most part, mm-hmm. this subtle, covert. Misogyny, the subtle, covert white privilege, the subtle, covert mm-hmm. um, kind of toxic masculinity. Because it's not like they were out doing the worst, worst, worst stuff that we've seen the me- that we've seen come up in yeah. the Me Too movement. But they certainly coasted on you know their whiteness, their maleness, their straightness. So, I mean, it's uh, it's
3: yeah, it's interesting. I, I feel like you know, I don't I don't watch Ballers, so I don't really know that show very mm-hmm. well. But from what I've seen. It has sort of a little bit of an entourage vibe to it, just in terms of some of the,
2: Definitely.
3: some of the uh, the dynamics that exist, and the the fame, and the you know the the, I guess you would say sort of uh, what's what I'm looking for, uh, the broiness. Yeah, the broiness of it, the lifestyle porn of it is yeah, sort of yeah. something that I think is very sort of similar. Um, but I do wonder if someone makes a straight up entourage again. I mean, I guess if they're making ballers, then maybe they would. I don't know. I mean, there's an audience for it. We don't watch <coughs> Ballers. It's a no, little too but, close but, but, to home. Elizabeth Warren does, though.
2: Yes. Big Ballers fan, yeah. ironically.
0: I, I'm, but again, I'm always surprised. I mean, with Ballers, people really like Ballers. Yeah. And a yeah. lot of people watch it that you wouldn't think. Mm-hmm. I think, and the, the argument that I've heard for it is that you want to turn on the TV for half an hour yeah. and sit there and, you yeah, know, See nice things. See good nice, good-looking people, yeah, good-looking people. There's, you know. It's it's it is the it is the the entourage template in a lot of ways yeah. because of that
3: for sure I think it's interesting I mean I also feel like you know billions kind of falls into the, some of this you know in terms of like people just wanting to see rich people apparently billions is transformed into something else or so yeah. I read well the, the posters give that impression too in a weird way
1: I thought the billions pilot was an abomination I, yeah I did not like it I. Hated it. hated it, but apparently it's gotten really, really good in a way that I think we'd all appreciate. I, or or I, I've, I've heard we all we would all appreciate. But
3: there was no. I, I read an article going into I believe it was season two of the show. They introduced a gender non-binary character. Yeah, hmm. um, Asia so, Kate.
1: Um, I could find her last name.
3: And 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 I when I read that article, name, I was like, me? good on good on not just good on them, but right. like that almost made me want to watch the show. Now I I didn't Asia Kate Dylan, but. It made me think like, oh, maybe they really are trying to sort of steer this show into a a, a more interesting direction, you know, Mm -hmm. more sort of richer terrain. And then I I drove past the billboard the other day, and she's on the billboard now. I mean, she must be a main character on the show. Um, I'm sorry? They. Oh, sorry. My apologies. They. Yes. Right. Um, But it is is interesting to see how um, the show has evolved, and I wonder whether or not it's a more – Interesting show than I gave it credit for back in its and when it actually came out. I don't know.
1: It does. It does seem to be there. You know, we as someone who's been on Entourage or was on Entourage, and Lauren knows this very well too. There, Entourage has not had a long legacy yeah. in terms of birthing other TV shows like it. There were there've been a couple, mostly on frankly Showtime, that have um, kind of come out of this House of Lies. Felt House a of Lies, entourage. I feel yeah. like is yeah. is. Kind of the big one yeah. Billions I would agree Ballers yeah. um, It seems like Black Monday Kind of yeah. comes from that A mm-hmm. little bit Maybe taking the piss out of it A little bit um, But yeah There has, there haven't been A lot of shows Like Entourage And it seems to me That The ones that Were like it specifically Billions And maybe Black Monday As well Have And Ballers also Have figured out That the Entourage thing To our original point Doesn't work anymore mm-hmm. And you have to become Something else In order to survive In the current landscape mm-hmm. Yeah so, girl interrupted. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> um, uh, so, <laughs> I guess we, I, I, just I a hard so level so turn. Digress. I have to. I have to <laughs> so so many we did. Jokes. We did eleven minutes on entourage. So we yeah. should. We should probably talk I, about the movie. Keep
1: That's what. That's what the audience wants. That's what they came here for. Yes. They knew
3: Laura was coming on. They knew it was going to be about entourage, <laughs> well, and they wanted. They wanted to dig in. Maybe we should do a bonus on entourage. We should do a bonus on yeah, entourage. Well, the thing I'm about
1: cute. this uh, this episode about girl interrupted is yeah. it is going to be kind of like group therapy for you two for <laughs> what it, for what it's like to, to deal just, with me right. on, a regular, actually, yeah. on a regular basis. I don't think it's yeah. – But and I mean, furthermore, whatever Lauren and I talk about entourage, it's like therapy too. Sure. Because, you know, it did give birth to this wonderful marriage in our entire lives, but it also <laughs> – was yes. really
0: and and I'll say our careers. I mean, I retired early. That's but, right. <laughs> but um,
1: to become a novelist
0: because we have too many kids. But but it did give birth to your hundred percent to your career hundred percent. I think is an, I was
1: promoted on that show. An important
0: thing to mention. Absolutely. I was, yes,
1: I was promoted mm-hmm. on that show. I learned to write on that show. Mm-hmm. I was taken care of on that show. As much as I make jokes about it, mm-hmm. there would be no career. We would have no. Food, if it was for that show.
3: Which would be really hard. It'd be really tough to not eat. And
0: and I think that we also, well, obviously we made a life for ourselves, but we we met some really wonderful, I just listened to the Chuck Hayward Mm -hmm. podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 And and a lot of careers have been built, have been made from that show.
3: I mean, that's the thing I would say. That's true. On a macro level, um, one of the things that I love about working in television uh is like you know it's the camaraderie of sitting in a room with Mm -hmm. all those people and working with all those people if it's if it's on the writing side of it or if it's on being on set and seeing the hundreds and hundreds of people that work together to make this thing and and listen we might not always be happy with the product that comes out of it but for me the journey is is worth it you know i mean the destination is and 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 if you make a great episode that comes out of it that's gravy but you know that that sort of all working together towards a common goal is is a is a really beautiful thing as True. cheesy as that is I agree sounds. and
0: and I actually miss that I mean I really did love working on set and being with all these great people and collaborators and we had some of the best We
1: had an incredible time. We had an
0: incredible time. I mean we had some we had great actors and everybody it was really when you get a show into the 8th season I mean, you guys have been yeah, together for crazy. a long time, yeah. and that's...
1: We were like, you know, it's like when I talk about Doug to, to other people, you know, I, I always kind of make a point of saying it was like he was like our, like, dysfunctional father. Yeah. You know, and really, for so long, we were there, and, and he did, like, kind of let us into his life and his family. Yeah. um, In in a in a way, I don't think a lot of people have been with their boss, and it really... It is a fascinating dynamic. You know,
0: I would really, say that the,
3: the, the showrunner... You know, um, when you that that's sort of that dynamic of that person that is sort of the CEO of a company that's that's making creativity, which in itself is very intangible and strange. And then is also, as you said, sort of this like parental figure that's watching over everything mm-hmm. and seeing how, you know, inner dynamics of certain people and how well, they work we're, together. And, and also, you
1: know. as we're dating, as we're,
0: yeah. like, we're yeah. like,
1: you know,
3: yeah. mean, and,
0: we, and we're we, kids. I mean, Kenny,
1: we were married before the show. ended.
0: We, yeah. We were married two seasons before the show. ended.
1: We got married. Well, one, we were married one. in between the first and the second to last and the last season. So like we met two years later, we were married and yeah. two months after the show ended, you were pregnant.
0: With twins. With twins. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah, that, I mean, it's, 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 we were, we were a bunch of kids. I mean, yeah. we were really young. We were in our 20s. You we know. were in our 20s. Kenny was 25 when, when I met him on Entourage. That's, yeah. I mean,
1: wow. That's crazy. This it's is crazy. crazy. This yeah. is my favorite podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is, let's talk about Girl Entourage.
3: Yeah. Shall we? Yeah.
1: Um, so, <laughs>
3: I had a weird thing w- with this movie uh, over the over the last couple months because Kenny and I watched this film six months ago, yeah, a while ago, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know we were gonna we we had a guest and we were gonna do it, and then that fell through, and it kind of just sort of hung out there as a movie that we knew we were going to do eventually. Um, and I have to admit that when I watched it a couple months ago or a few months ago, I didn't really like it very much. Um, I, I I wasn't really connecting with it. I wasn't really engaged with it. I remember I saw it in 99 and didn't really engage with it and didn't really care, care for it that much back then either. And then I watched it again last night and I weirdly plugged into it and it it worked for me in a way that it hadn't previously. Yeah. Um, and, and I think a lot of that stems from, I really kind of tapped into the idea of people that think they're crazy, but they're not. And that idea of of the depersonalization of Susanna's character in a time when I imagine women were feeling that, you know, amplified even more. And I imagine, unfortunately, are still feeling it today. Mm-hmm. This sort of, this idea of, um, if you don't fit into a specific idea especially in the sixties, you know, thankfully there are, there are more boxes today, but they're still boxes. And if you don't fit into them, you can feel as though you're crazy or you don't belong or that the whole thing is, is for naught. And, and might potentially consider harming yourself in some form or another, or, or harming yourself to feel real, to feel as though you exist in this world, that stuff really played for me this time and didn't play for me before. Now, I still have my issues with the narrative. I still have my issues with the storytelling and some of the characterizations and what have you. And we'll talk about all of that. But but that felt interesting to me this time around. That mirroring of 60s and being a woman and also feeling as though you don't fit worked for me this time around. Um, So I don't know.
0: Yeah, I, I, I mean, I think I read the book, and I think that the book was really—it's it, her memoir. Yes. I mean, yes. Um, but I think that it's really interesting how quickly she becomes marginalized and a marginal. You know, she becomes part of a marginal, lesser group of people mm-hmm. real quickly. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's in the cabin, she's at the, the home, oh, and yeah. that's it. She's, yeah. she's, you know, which I think is much more of a 60s. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she doesn't fit into a box, and I think that that's a really powerful thing in the message of the movie that I think I, I agree with you, I identify with.
3: It's, you know, I, I read the book in 99 when I heard that the movie was being made because I – as I'm sure a lot of people were, I was a very big Winona Ryder fan Mm -hmm. and I was very excited about what she was making. And it was obviously a very, she was a passion project for her. She bought the book rights, you know, years and years ago, she fought for it. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, you can feel that a little bit. Um, but at the same time you also feel this distance in the character. I can't really articulate, but she doesn't feel fully lived in. She doesn't feel like she's inhabiting this this character in the way that I usually feel when a writer does. And maybe it's that she was too close to it. And maybe it was that she just couldn't, I don't know what it was, but something about it. um, She feels like a narrator. She feels like a, a, a sort of vessel that is there for the audience to see all these other quote unquote, more interesting characters that are sort of uh, orbiting her. Do you know? know, I
0: totally agree with that. Yeah.
1: Well, It's an interesting thing. I, I I think I like the performance more than maybe you did. I didn't dislike it, but I didn't feel – sorry. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, I'm a boy interrupted. It's fine. But, <laughs> Jesus Christ. But it, what I'm just basically saying is um, you started it by saying it's a movie about um, someone who thinks they're crazy but isn't actually crazy. So that's what the issue is, I think, with the 60s. They're two boxes, sane or crazy, right? And when you have someone who kind of straddles the middle, like Susanna in this movie, they don't really know what to do with her or where to put her.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they don't. Today we don't know what to do with people who are kind of in this. You know, they're not eating eating the grapes off the wallpaper. Eating <laughs> the grapes off the wallpaper. Exactly. That's what I'm getting at. Yes, yeah, so they're not eating the grapes off the wallpaper, and they're not you know well-adjusted people. Who the fuck those people are? They're in the middle, but. Um, in this movie, I think that the the little issue I have with with the movie was kind of that part where Whoopi Goldberg is yelling at her and saying you're not crazy, you're lazy, essentially, mm-hmm. right? And uh, to me, and I don't think this is a problem of the of the conception of the movie or the na- of the narrative or the execution. I think it's a problem of the problem of the '60s. It's she isn't crazy; she's depressed. Right, mm-hmm. she she's she's a severely depressed person, and she's uh, she has severe anxiety. Yeah, and when she says, "I you know the whole that famous line," you chased a bottle of aspirin with a bottle of vodka, and she said, "I had a headache." She said, "I just wanted to make it stop,
2: mm-hmm.
1: not to get into some personal shit." But I think Laura knows I can relate to that feeling. <laughs> Of like just having and Phil, you do too. Oh, because absolutely. I, I talked to you about this stuff too. Have like having some psychological or medical thing mm-hmm. that is so wrapped up in your brain, to me it's not like killing myself. It's yeah. going to whatever doctor will figure it out for me and telling me mm-hmm. everything's okay. I don't particularly have a severe form of of, yeah. of depression or anxiety, but for some people, I can absolutely see that the end goal is not to kill themselves. The end goal is just to, to make stop. it stop because yeah. it's so much. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the 60s, I don't think people had any concept of anything other than sane or crazy. And anybody right. who would do that is suicidal, and anyone who's suicidal, especially someone who comes from money, has to be put away in a home yeah. where that problem can be figured out by professionals. So Yeah,
3: I mean I think that, you know, you're you're tapping into something that I think is you know I, how mental health is depicted in cinema and television and how you know, I was talking to, to my girlfriend um, who is studying to get a, a PhD in, um, in psychology, in clinical psychology. And we were sort of talking about how that is personified in film and TV. And her issue, rightfully, is that it feels like uh, the industry makes it very binary, now, part of that is just a, a narrative thing, which is the idea of of trying to find things that are solvable, quote-unquote, uh, so that it can feel satisfying at the end of the story. So if you're watching a television show about, you know— Like Grey's Anatomy, for instance, where it's like the reason those medical shows work is because there's a tactile, tangible thing. They live, they die, they move on. There's nothing binary about mental health. It's Mm -hmm. very gray and very Mm -hmm. unknown. There's still a lot of things, you know, tons of things we don't know about it. That's why something like The Sopranos is so groundbreaking, right? Where we actually go through a man's therapy and it's not clean and it's, and it is messy and there's sort of that sort of gray zone that exists. I think this- And
1: and, and it ends with her giving up. Right. The doctor, right. I mean.
3: As, as does this movie sort of, too. Like, there's a lot of patients that feel as though the, men, the, the doctors gave up on. You know what I mean? Uh, that's what her big, when she's yelling at her at the end, when Winona says, it's because you're dead already. And it's like, nobody cares about you anymore. I think that there's something, there is this idea that
1: there's a magic bullet. And there is no magic so, bullet in, in mental health. That's thought. a little different to me. The, in, in the case of, like, Elisa, who, uh, you know, Angelina Jolie's character, mm-hmm. they gave up on her because she's too far gone. Because yes. I couldn't bring her back. Sure. Case like Winona Ryder. There, the 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 thing about it is like, all right. So mental mental health, mental illness is a real thing. Um, but there's no hope any day that we'll find the cure for it. Like, there's the hope that we're going to find the cure for cancer. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't. I mean, okay. You I think don't, that I don't, I, you think that there's a potential future where people? I a, mean, I guess a I guess thousand like, years down the road where people wake up, take a pill, and they no longer have mental illness. I don't think that's. A
3: thing. I well. I. I I, first of all, mental illness is a giant thing. Like I don't know if we're talking about a specific disease. If we're talking about bipolar disorder. If we're talking about depression. I mean, we we do take. There are people that take medications on a daily basis and that do feel cured of you know various mental illnesses. You know, cured. Sure, there are people that take antidepressants that feel I, I, as though it, I'm it, it, it
1: very. I'm very in favor of antidepressants. That's not what I mean.
2: I <laughs> believe me. I,
1: I, we, around our house, we call marriage savers. <laughs> this is what we should throw to an ad for for some sort of uh, an yeah. antidepressant. No, I know. that's not what I mean, though. I think it's it's. I think mental illness, mental illness is an ongoing societal societal issue. That we're always going to have to tackle in one form or the other, whether it be through antidepressants or whatever. There's no cure, obviously. There's no cure for cancer, but there's a there's a hope, and right. a re- I think a realistic hope that one day we will find a cure.
3: For I think cancer. that we're I think I think we're saying relatively similar things. I will say that I think that that there is so much we don't understand about the human brain. Right. That is why you're saying what you're saying, which is totally fair. Which is we don't what could possibly right like the well, idea that cancer is something that potentially we can cure because we feel like we have understandings of. Cancer more so than we do about the human brain.
1: But the reason I'm saying it is your original point about you know the narrative purpose. Yeah. The narrative purpose this this holds. I'm I'm currently adapting a, a memoir that is about mental, not a mental illness. It's about a mental disorder, okay. essentially. And the thing I'm grappling with is exactly what you're talking about. The end of the story is not they solve the problem. The end of the story is not you know Robin Williams figured out that his, that Will Hunting's having his issues because he was beat as a child and he moves to California to go, you know, after Mini driver, which like, I love that movie, but that's way too pat. Sure. That's not the way things happen. What's more way, like awakenings? Well, or it's more like, <laughs> it's more, <laughs> more it, like, yeah, will, it's more like Will Hunting will forever be in therapy. Yeah. In his own way. And he will learn how to live life with the, you know, with the trauma that he experienced as a child. And he will never be able to kind of give that up. And the person I'm dealing with, the character I'm dealing with, um, is always going to have to deal with the issue he has, and he's never going to actually fix it or solve it, but he's learned to work around it, and I think that's or work with it. And I think that's kind of the thing that most movies and television shows about mental illness are not comfortable with, for the exact reasons you're saying. And I don't know if this movie was successful in – showing how Winona Ryder is going to continue with her life. I think it felt to me – to the end, it felt a little a little bit like she wasn't crazy.
0: That's what it felt oh, yeah. like to me. I, I don't think she was. I, I don't I, either. I, I don't think yeah. she was crazy. No, no, I, I don't I, think
1: she was crazy, but I think yeah. she's depressed.
3: Sure. I think I'm, she was just confused and lost. Yeah, and, and I mean,
0: it. I think that – you know, I thought the scene where her parents come in and the mom's saying, oh, she strapped her to a seat when she was sick or something when she was a child mm-hmm. and – it was all about the parents. It had nothing yeah. to do with the child. They weren't They weren't worried about her. They wanted her to fit into a box. Oh, they wanted for her, sure. Yeah, and I think that that was... I, I think one of the problems that I had with the movie was that, and, and I know that, you know, book aside, I never for one minute thought that she was staying there. I never thought that that was yeah, the... No, no. You know, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't think... She was a little bit of a vessel to see the other characters. And I also think that... I don't know what Lisa's actual condition or diagnosis was. I don't remember if they – I they, mean, I
1: – Yeah. Um, I don't remember what it was. If she either. was bipolar or – No, I, it was something personality disorder.
0: She it was, had a per- – right. But, yeah. But oh,
1: okay. It could have been borderline personality Borderline personality disorder. They said it in the But I room. think that's Susanna. No, that
0: was Susanna. Yeah. Susanna was borderline personality Lisa,
1: disorder. I don't know what I, Lisa's was. I think it was Lisa as well. Um, I looked it up this morning.
0: But I think the thing with mental illness, and I think they touched on this a little bit in the, in the movie – where um, Whoopi Goldberg is saying, you know, oh, you think you have it hard. You know, I've worked in state hospitals. And they throw throw away the key. You know, you you go in and they, that's it. Um, this was sort of a posh hospital. This, it this, was. This was not – People were allowed to
3: have cats. I,
0: I, I thought, how are but, they allowing and a cat? And
3: sex, apparently. I
0: mean, it wasn't – you know, it, it was – I think it it became I mean it became a community and I think that that's what she had to fight against. She found more of a community within the hospital.
3: Well that that was I mean ultimately this isn't really a movie about mental health so much as it's a movie about right. fitting in and it's about finding yeah. your people and and the and sort of this this sort of odd you know, um, misfit toys of this group of women and how they sort of bounced off of each other and how they grew or didn't grow, which, which again is like, I think that what's interesting, I can imagine. And again, I'm obviously, I'm not a woman, but I imagine if I was a teenage girl or someone in my twenties and I saw this film, it, I think it would resonate. And I do think it would connect if for no other reason than, you just get to see such a an, an odd group of women that find this connection with one another. And if you feel like you live in a world where you don't feel like you're connecting, this film would, I imagine would be really powerful. Mm-hmm. I think that, you know, it's, it's lacking in any, I think particularly interesting male characters for what that's worth. And again, that's fine. I'm not crying about it, but it just sort of has, like, I don't think Jared Leto's character is particularly well drawn. It's, it's fine. Toby's interesting in, insofar as that he's a plot device, but it's you know it's 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 also interesting that it's it's written partially and directed by a man mm-hmm. um but it it doesn't have too much of a of a sort of male gaze in it but i don't know how you feel about that oh.
0: i i don't think so i i don't think it does i think the 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 male figure that i really sort of walk the what when i think of a male figure in the movie i think of Daisy's dad, unfortunately.
3: Sure, yes. Which who is... Who is a looming presence that you right. don't... Yes. Well, that's... I mean, it's interesting. Watching the film again last night, um, what really hit me was what Lisa does to Daisy at the end of the film. Yeah. Like, that she tempts her and pushes her to kill herself. I mean, Lisa's essentially...
0: She's a sociopath.
3: She's a sociopath. Yeah, she's a sociopath. What she says to Daisy before she goes up to her room is horrific, mm-hmm. truly horrific. Mm-hmm. And it makes you hate that character. And then again, a Testament to Angelina's performance, you then feel for her at the end. Mm-hmm. Like I, when she's, you know, screaming at, at uh, Winona Ryder at the end about like, why doesn't anybody push my buttons? Why doesn't anybody care about me? Um, you do feel for her in a weird way. You're like, I, I understand where this person is coming from, which is a Testament to the performance, not where they give an Academy award, but I do think mm-hmm. it's still a solid
1: performance nonetheless. <laughs> Let's talk about the performance in a in a moment. I want to keep talking about yeah. the kind of the, the movie from a more macro point of view. Yeah. Um because I think I there there are a lot of issues that aren't actually about the movie that, that, that this is kind of brought up to me. It's kind of is this the Are right, so you're talking about what Lisa does to Daisy at the end. Yeah. Well Lisa is not in control of her own actions, right? True. She like she doesn't really know what she's doing and know what she's saying. She has a very particular way of Acting, but she can't. I mean, she could be held. She could be held accountable to some extent in that she's a human. But she really is not controlling herself, right? Is this the best way to handle people who have severe mental illness? Mm-hmm. To put them in the same place? People like Elizabeth Moss's character, or very fragile people, by, like the uh, the character who is anorexic, like Daisy, like very fragile people with very manipulative, abusive, borderline psychotic people. Yeah. So that
0: well that's the thing that's so complicated about mental illness. I mean that that's what that's what I would argue that it's incredibly difficult yeah. to deal with. I so, mean you you can't, you know, you you yes, you have to you kind of have to, to to put them together and treat them individually, but as you see in the in the movie they're not treated individually. They're all given I mean yeah, they're they treated collectively. They're, they're they're treated collectively and they're all given their medicine and they're all given I mean they do 15 minute checks, or I guess they have privileges. They have two to ones, or you know, when she comes in and they say, Whippy Goldberg says, Oh, you can leave with your, you know, boyfriend. You have ground pli-
2: privileges. You have ground privileges.
0: Yes. <laughs> like Cole in our house. I was gonna say was- <laughs> our baby. Um, <laughs> but I think that that that's part of the difficulty with mental illness is that there is there isn't one way to deal with it. It's not nobody nobody has a universal Approach. Well, there's no good way. This to deal seems with it. to be the universal. There, there, hasn't approach.
1: Been, there hasn't been a good. There isn't going to be a good. It's hard right. to say. Like it, that's the thing. That's that's the thing that, like, when you're talking about the, essentially that Lisa drove Daisy to kill herself. In this, the way this is set up, there's going to be collateral damage. Well, yeah,
3: because I do feel as though there's like a conveyor belt mentality towards. Yeah. I mean. Yes. I would say medicine across the board. Yeah. So you, and it does not work well with this specific strain of medicine because to your point, it's so unpredictable. There's so you, you don't know what you're going to get if you're going to put a bunch of those chemicals together. Literally, you're putting all these people together and you don't know how it's going to work. And, they're doing it because they don't see any other way to do it. Right. I mean, it's, it's sort of this factory way of thinking of things and we're still doing it today. You know, it's, it's changed, it's changed a little bit in terms of hopefully we're a little bit more empathetic we're a little bit more caring, but you know, I, I, it's, it's just, to your point, it's so unwieldy, it's Mm -hmm. so gigantic and we know so little about it still. That you have, I've, I have nothing. I mean, I, I hear the stories that that um, that my girlfriend Lisa talks about, and I'm just like, I don't yeah. how understand do you how yeah. you do this. But it's a testament to the people that are willing to run up that hill every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, I, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible. But it's really hard.
0: Right. But if, if you were put in that hospital and that they're doing 15-minute checks, I mean, I would go – I would think I was crazy. If every someone 15 was, minutes. Every 15 minutes yeah. of everyone. i be if like, someone, what am I doing wrong? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. like, you you would go crazy. Yeah. Like, you would – you know, was she crazy before – I mean, she – when Whoopi Goldberg says, don't anchor here. Yeah.
2: You don't know, anchor here. Yeah.
0: yeah like, that's – Well,
3: it's like the cabbie says, don't get too comfortable when he yeah. drops her off. I mean, I think that there's – I mean, and I—it's so interesting because talking about all of this, and as I think about the film, like it's an interesting movie. It's—it's it's not. It's really interesting. Like, It's—is it, it a great movie? No, but I think that the messiness that we're talking about is in this movie. So you have to sort of commend it for saying like, "We're gonna try to do this," and on top of that, it's a memoir, and it suffers from memoiritis as well, where it's like what do you do? Like, this is what actually happened. So on some level, you're a little bit kind of boxed in in that Mm -hmm. regard
1: too, which is tough. Well, I think just to, to your point about why this movie is commendable. Most movies about mental health facilities are about abuse Mm -hmm. or they're about, uh, some kind of magical bullshit Or they're like Shutter Island, or or oppression. (laughs) I mean, I think I think One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is sort of that idea too. I was going to talk about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest because One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is a very clear clear through line, which is what Laura was just talking about. If you're not insane, being in the facility will drive you insane. insane. Yeah. Right. So that's that's what One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Cuckoo's Nest is is explicitly about our mental health system. Yes. From One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Two Girl Interrupted. I, I don't think there are a lot of movies that are explicitly about what it's like to be in that system. Furthermore, this is the definitely
0: fir- not about women or young would no. Say furthermore, this,
1: this yeah. is the first one I could think of that's about women. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, I think that in the when this movie came out in nineteen in the late nineteen nineties, we were kind of in the height, or you know, we were we were kind of not necessarily in the height, but we were in a decade of people kind of figuring out that you can start prescribing antidepressants to young people. Yeah. And a lot of young people I know were taking antidepressants from when they were 8, 9, 10, 11. So I'm, and again, that's not a judgment thing. It's just that a lot of – that that's not depicted in, in mm-hmm. culture almost ever. So you see mental health depicted in culture in the form of Winona Ryder and Angelina Jolie, Elizabeth Moss, et cetera, et cetera, I think that this movie has an incredible. I said this earlier this morning has an, an incredible responsibility yeah. to the people it's depicting mm-hmm. and the people who see themselves in it. And to that end, like I, the, the reviews of this movie are pretty, pretty tough and yeah. pretty negative. Well, on yeah, the there's whole. a couple that I'll read some clips from. That, and what's weird about it, and you'll, I, what yeah. you will read about them is, I read a bunch mm-hmm. like this morning, and it's as if every reviewer saw a different movie. It it is. It does the the sort of the the one that. I mean, there were a
3: couple that I that I that I'll um, Ebert's review. I actually think was the most interesting review. Yeah,
0: I read Ebert. I only read Ebert's review, and I thought that his was really interesting. I
3: feel like too. he got the movie mm-hmm. yeah. for for good and for bad. I think he saw the, the positives, he saw the negatives, um, and I, I think that uh, I'll read a little bit of that in a sec. But I do think that um, the, the New York Times one was the one that I was the most sort of. A Girl Interrupted is a small, intense period piece with a tough love attitude towards lazy, self-indulgent little girls flirting with madness. You can drive yourself crazy or you can get over it. The choice is yours. Who wrote that? New York Times. Wow. Who was the reviewer? I
1: don't, I don't know. I can find <laughs> to burn the house down. Ao <laughs> Scott, that's, it was, that, it was no. not Ao
0: Scott. That's. I mean, that's an incredibly
2: yeah.
0: unsympathetic, ner- narrow-minded, just an insane yeah. review. You know, I, I don't know how you can see this movie and 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 not really really feel for these characters. Absolutely.
3: I mean, this is this is victim shaming in like the worst possible the worst way,
0: yeah.
3: um, and, and also just you know that that I think that's also a very pervasive, unfortunate. Uh, way of seeing mental health, which mm-hmm. is that yeah. it's it, that that the person is lazy or the person isn't trying hard enough. That that people who don't suffer from this stuff cannot really understand it, and thus they dismiss it as the person not being right. what's, what's, on top
0: of I, it. Yeah, I, I think that's an important thing to mention. I think that a lot of it comes from not understanding, and I and I, I and yeah. and I think I don't really think there's anybody that hasn't been touched in some way by. Some Mental whether health. they know it or not, yeah. Is, whether is a, is a whether thing. they know it or yeah. not, exactly.
3: I think that, yeah. I think there's just you know not to keep uh, belaboring the point, but there is so much we don't know about these mm-hmm. diseases, and so much we don't understand about the human mind that there are people that could be suffering from it and don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 again, this is all sort of very very rich terrain, and I think that the film does a relatively good job mm-hmm. of of navigating what's, it.
1: What's really Infuriating about that particular review
2: <laughs> is, yeah.
1: is the the tenor of that review is that these are people for whom a movie should not be made about. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. for whom about whom a movie should not be made. Yeah, mm-hmm.
3: um, and, and it's amazing him, that this and, movie was made considering that so few films are made about this to begin well, with.
1: Well, that's the thing. I mean, yeah, there are real people craziness. in the real world suffering, and the point it's it's so weird. The point it has nothing to do with whether or not the cause is chemical imbalance or the cause is something else. It's a real thing. And the fact that he was able to at least discern that they're dealing with a, a, that they're dealing with some kind of crossroads in their life, right? Yeah. Um, Means that the movie did their job on, the movie did its job, given the set of, given the set, this is really hard for me to articulate, given the set of criteria he put out there. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know that's, yeah. a, that's a real roundabout way no, of putting it. No, I know what you're it, saying. but, yeah. but uh, it, it. I don't know. It's re, that. It's a fucked up way of looking at it. I, I just think it's it's very. Um,
3: it's it's a very sort of privileged old white guy mentality. I yeah. think in a lot of ways too, which is why I was pleased to see that Ebert came at this film with the mm-hmm. the from the right headspace, um, and and you know the. the The reviews were not kind to this movie from a critic's perspective. I mean, it has 54% on Rotten Tomatoes from critics, but it has 84% from audiences. Mm -hmm. So the film hits with an audience. It, it, It works for its audience. And I think that the reason that critics, I think, were a little hard on it was released in the heart of Oscar season and had a fair amount of hype going into it. I think that... There was a you know a lot of people that were hoping it was going to be the, quote, unquote, one flew over the cuckoo's nest for women, which, as I imagine, how it was sort of marketed and how it was kind of put out into the world. And what we were given was a movie that is sort of lumpy, that is kind of oddly paced, although I enjoy the fractured narrative of it. It does sort of kind of fold in on itself a bunch, and it, it, it feels a little meandering at times, but yeah. that's sort of – all of this, to me, does not feel – it feels like it was the intent of this movie. James Mangold up until this point in his career, you know, had not made a lot of movies and they were all very sort of like relatively quiet period pieces for the most part, or quiet character pieces. And, you know, he, despite the fact that they kind of tried to kind of juice some stuff up here and there in order to kind of make it feel more dramatic. I think for the most part, the film felt like what I imagine it felt like for Susanna, which was lost. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. It, it, that's, that's, I can understand why critics might not have enjoyed that experience. Adapting,
1: adapting a memoir is incredibly difficult, yeah. not only because of memoiritis, as you put yeah. it, um, having to be faithful to the narrative, which it isn't which really. It
0: isn't really, really. Well, I mean, it, it's the, the I mean, they obviously they had to add a story and they had to add the plot that that wasn't right. The strongest, yeah, yeah, they had to hang it on something. So, so the Daisy scene mm. never happened.
3: That's interesting. Yeah. Well, what
1: it. I,
3: will I mean, say she that she
0: did kill herself, but the they girls were—they went, went. They never went right. there, and I I thought that that was really interesting because I actually I don't disagree with you, Kenny. I think that Lisa's character—I think that it was awful what she did to Daisy. But I think the point was that Daisy was going to do that no matter what.
3: And she and Lisa that, does say that. Yeah, but, that. But Lisa also has a smirk on her face when they find the At yes. that point, that point. Yeah. So you're just sort of like, I don't know. You know, know that
2: yeah.
1: because you read the memoir. Right. That point isn't made by the movie. Yeah. yeah. But that, I think you can get it. I think like, so what I was going to say, so on one, on one hand, it's very difficult because there are these things that actually happen. And you're trying to fit into the context mm-hmm. of a movie. Yeah. The other hand, what you'll you'll see over and over again reading a memoir is – it doesn't fit nicely into a three-act structure. No. no. So – and I saw this movie – Have I, I saw this happening with this movie where you – it's essentially – I didn't really break it down, but it's a five, six, seven, eight-act movie where you have these kind of mini-acts yeah. and it happening over the course. It's basically a slice of this character's life, a, a yeah. year of a of this character's life. And, and uh, it was
0: two years in the book. Two so, years
1: in the book? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's, well, that just seems like almost a device to, to make it go down easier for yeah. the viewer and to put yeah. some kind of time frame on it that, that works in a way, but. Well, a movie that doesn't have a three-act structure is very hard for an audience to digest.
3: Mm-hmm. 100%. And it also feels like the film, you feel like it comes to a conclusion with Daisy's death. And then it goes on for another 40 yeah. minutes or so, half hour at least, yes. where we go back to Claymore and we and we see her acclimate and we wait for Lisa to come back again. Like,
2: yeah.
3: It's interesting. As I was watching this film, I thought a fair amount about uh, Beautiful Boy, which I don't know if you guys saw by any chance you from can, last can year. I don't movie. think
0: I can watch it either.
3: Yeah, it's it's super sad. Uh, well, I mean, it has a somewhat optimistic ending but it's it is based on two memoirs it's based on the father played by steve carell and the son played by timothy chalamet and they're real people these both are memoirs about the father's perspective on on their son's addiction chef
1: is a tv writer i know people who've worked oh, with him there you so go. the, and the son the
3: son yeah. who uh who was addicted to various drugs came very close to death and was able to pull himself out of it but as is the case with memoirs especially memoirs about addiction or mental health there is this this unfortunate um Repetition that happens, right? Where you have to watch a character do something negative, either to themselves or to others, several times over. So when you see Lisa show up again three times throughout the course of the film, I believe, or two times... You just find yourself being like this fucking person. Like, when are they going to get out of this cycle? And as a viewer, that's that can be a frustrating experience. And it's similar with Beautiful Boy, where you're watching him continue to do these drugs, continue to harm himself, and you can't do anything. And that's part of the paralyzing nature, I imagine, of experiencing in real life. But also, is very hard to watch. That's why that movie. That's why
1: those movies have to be like that. Right. Ultimately, they have. You have to feel that that as a viewer. You have to feel that these problems are, to some extent, unsolvable. They might be manageable, mm-hmm. but to some extent, they're unsolvable. Or also, that's they,
3: antithetical to the movie-going yeah. experience. It's antithetical <laughs> to movie-going. Well, and, and
0: I a and I and, yeah, yes. yes, yeah. and I will say that I think every time Angelina Julie is on on in 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 the camp, I mean that she, she, that we have a, a that she's in the scene.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, she's so captivating. She she's. I think she's, she's
1: incredible. She's.
0: Unbelievable. I mean, there, we literally don't know anything about her. Yeah. But we're completely mesmerized.
1: She's captivating. We're
0: big she we're big Angelina Jolie
1: House.
2: <laughs> I, I mean, we're, we're <laughs> always, we always
3: have been. I I, like, I, I, I I love Angelina Jolie. I'm not I don't mean to denigrate her or, or to say that You I, haven't said anything yet. No, no, I just I just don't you, think she should have won the Oscar for this film, is right. what I that, well, that, that's my only
0: <laughs> But I mean if you're you know, this was her Neither first this was her first big movie, right?
3: Her second okay, of well, ninety nine. It was Bone Collector in this were the okay, two movies Bone that came collect. out in okay. ninety nine. So, so, so it was a real star. If you're a young
0: girl like me in the nineties I mean, mm-hmm. I wasn't...
1: You were young.
3: That
0: young. I'm this older <laughs> wife. But...
1: <laughs> oh, I, know. I didn't say I'm, shit. I'm oh. just
0: kidding. I'm kidding. Um, he likes to say that I'm older, which I am by a couple of years. But... Um, How do you like that, guy. Like two. <laughs> I don't know what's
2: happening right Like now.
0: two. Um, but I think your watch, it, it's it's fascinating to watch her. And it's, you're you're sort of... Just and this and she's she's the the bad character and she's the one and then you know when you're watching Winona Ryder and she's excellent in the movie and the close-ups and the eyes and like the doe eye look and like she's 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 blown off
3: the screen by Angelina though is the thing
0: I mean she's so passive in the movie and she's she's blown off the screen and then I think that that's sort of that's parallel. In, in so many ways to to people's lives, you know the the crazy one is 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 the one unfortunately the squeaky wheel the squeaky wheel, but she's the one that's stuck there
3: forever. We have a squeaky wheel in our family. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: it's
3: you know it's interesting because as I was watching the film last night, I I, I, I oddly couldn't help but think about Heath Ledger's uh, Joker when mm-hmm. she was on the screen um, because the movie comes to life when she's on the screen because she's she is so just larger than life. And there's an excitement to her and there's, and you know, you're watching again, not to, to, but like a star is born. You are watching somebody come into their own, Mm -hmm. being given the role that they obviously could play in their sleep. Like she knows how to hit this ball and she just knocks it out of the park. Um, That being said, I did feel at times that, as is the case with all of these performances, I think that you have to walk a fine line where it can get into high school drama territory. If you're not careful, Mm -hmm. just in terms of playing mental illness, playing all those things very big or very broadly, uh, it it can get a little bit tough to watch for me anyway. I don't think it did. Uh, I'm not saying with her, I'm saying with some of the other characters, I don't think with her necessarily, but I do think that there's just stuff where they fall back on tropes a little bit, or, or there's just sort of the, the easy, you know, the layup that is just unnecessary. I personally speaking, I don't really love depictions of mental illness on screen in general. I mean, I have a soft spot for rain, man, but I haven't watched in a long time and I don't know how well it plays. I don't like a beautiful mind. I think it's just a, 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 a twitchy performance. I think it's, it's all just very sort of big and broad and, 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 Silly to me. So there's just some performances that work, some performances that don't. I think that Split is probably not the best depiction it's of mental illness. It's extremely
1: difficult.
3: So I, you know, these uh, are all just
1: especially today because there's a real push to have people who actually have the mental illnesses right play the characters with the mental illnesses. Right. So um, you know, when you get into these gray areas where we're talking about things like anxiety and depression, that Kind of, you know, people can can live fully functional lives with them. Mm-hmm. I, I, do, do you need to have someone who, um, who is who, who has experienced that personally, or not? And, and really, what's the? It kind of gets to the nature of acting, and, and right, which is which is a, a, an, an argument that a
3: lot of people are you know so late.
1: I want to make the case for Angelina Jolie, not necessarily as best supporting actor uh, mm-hmm. actress, as you know, she's again some of my favorite performances in film history, but that's kind of not the point. What's the word <laughs> when you think of Angelina Jolie, what's the word you think of? Just in general.
0: Magnetic?
1: Okay. Charismatic? I would say elegant.
0: Elegant. That's interesting. interesting. That's not what I would think.
1: Well, I think there's an elegance to sure, she's elegant. at all times. I think there's an elegance to, elegance to the way Angelina Jolie directs a movie even. I think she I think she has an elegance to her and I think when you look at The Bone Collector She's the most elegant fucking beat cop who's ever lived, right? Okay, they, they literally just say she was an ex model. That's because she was so hot. Yeah. She, well, <laughs> yes, and she's—that's what I'm saying. She, yeah. she, she almost can't help but mm-hmm. carry herself with a certain elegance, even in a role that doesn't call for it. So, yeah, sure. This is this. She's stunning. This role yeah. is she's stunning. She well, she's physically stunning, but yeah. she also carries herself like the most beautiful woman in the world. Mm-hmm. This movie is devoid of any of that, right? Mm-hmm. This is the least elegant performance I can imagine. Almost anybody giving. Yeah. So to me, one, this goes against her very nature. Her nature is to be a woman accepting an Academy Award, essentially, mm-hmm. to be walking down the red carpet. So there's that. Two, it's an incredibly physical performance. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you if you kind of caught that, but the way she walks.
2: Yeah. Oh, the yeah. way she
1: holds her arms. Mm-hmm. There's a masculine energy that she's exuding throughout the entire um the entire movie that i don't think i've ever seen from her otherwise
2: mm-hmm.
1: um the way she takes up space the way she sits with you know, the way she sits at the front of a chair turned around
2: yeah, arms forward her. In, her,
1: in your face um i couldn't imagine having angelina jolie in my face in that way with that energy coming at me that hard so yeah when she
3: first comes at susanna when she first yeah on it's top of that. Crazy. She's she's got it. She she is there is a almost like there's a, a animal quality to her performance. There she, is. she moves like a like a tiger or or some sort of like
1: but, you know but what it's I mean? something a little less graceful. It's the whole thing is yeah. just like it's it's not graceful and that there goes against her nature. That's interesting. So the and the other thing that I would say is like she's I mean at the time she is twenty four. Three years old when this movie shot. We know 23-year-olds. They're children. They're little babies.
2: (laughs) So the idea
1: that- To all our younger listeners. No, they're like literal babies. Like that's the craziest thing that like our nephew's 21 Like and he's a grown up. But like he's 21. These these are like they're still children. So the idea that she did this at 21- she had Bone Collector under her belt. She had Gia under her belt. Yeah. She had basically nothing else under her belt. She had been oh, John. She, oh,
0: Gia yeah, was
1: that
3: HBO. Yeah, that yeah. was yeah. Pretty elegant.
0: That was she was she was fantastic in Gia. But she also. Um, not, and I don't mean to. I don't want to judge her performance at all based on her personal life. But she did show up to the Oscars with her brother and kiss him on the lips. And her
3: acceptance speech, where she on two separate occasions talks about how in love with her brother she is. Yes, it is a very strange Oscar acceptance speech. There was
1: some shit going on. She's also John Voight's daughter, and John Voight's crazy. So there's some. <laughs> no, she, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's no doubt. She 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 obviously had an insane. Childhood. Childhood. I mean, she also married Billy Bob Thornton and wore, wore his, his blood, blood around, around her, her neck. neck. Yeah. yeah. No, they, they, I mean, so, listen, I'm not, you know, she's very interesting.
3: She's very interesting. Um,
0: she's very interesting. But, but she
3: also had a third film in nine, uh, Playing by Heart, which about came oh, out the previous year, Pushing Tin. Oh, Pushing Tin, we'll see this which year. Which we'll also see this year. Yeah. You know, it's, it, she is, there's no question that. Everyone falls in love with her very fast. Yeah, um, you know it's it's pretty crazy how quickly you know she goes from girl interrupted to gone in sixty seconds to Tomb Raider. Um, you know, it's at that point they're like, well, she's just a huge movie star. And and it, it's sort of if I would argue that she does a bunch of stuff, but it's really not until Mister and Mrs. Smith that I felt like she gave a real movie star
1: performance.
3: Oh,
0: she was so good in Mister.
1: She's star. so good in Mister. I think Smith. she gave a, a real movie star performance in. The bone collector.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I hate the bone collector. Is fine. I, I just. She's just. She. I think. She, look. I think she's incredible from the moment she. Gia. I think she's incredible yeah. from the moment she showed up. There's. But, but I guess there's, there's like, no I, one else like her. I don't.
3: I, I would argue that Hollywood never really figures out what to do with her is my point. I think that she, I'm not suggesting she's not a big what movie do, star. What does one do with Angelina <laughs> Jolie? But I I don't say that in a I don't say I that in a, in a in a derogatory way. I'm just it's a bummer, I guess is the point I'm trying to make. Like she, there was this moment where I felt like, you know, there was this ascension if you will where she's crowned and deemed this giant big movie star and and it, you know, it it doesn't I, totally
1: I, but I just want to keep going with her first. Okay. How do you what what do you even do with Angelina Jolie? You know what I mean? Like I I know I'm serious. Because know, like she you know, and obviously she's always she's always gonna have these Jennifer Aniston like, you know Dust ups? No, it's this wh- <laughs> it's just, it's just, this, this this whore mother thing with Jennifer Aniston that, that that's always been there. So she's always like kind of been like Jennifer Aniston's opposite number, but right. Jennifer Aniston, beautiful, obviously, could be your next door neighbor. You can't live next to Angelina, Angelina Jolie You don't she, let your husband do a movie with Angelina Jolie Oh, I've
0: said that for years <laughs> <She said> that, <laughs> I, 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 I was she, like she she I Why would you do that? I, 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 why would you do that? I would never do that, never
3: it's like <laughs> You're never, asking for it
0: I'd be like, no
1: <laughs> you know You're
3: never so going to work with Angelina Jolie Your husband's whatever,
1: you? sitting right here <laughs> And I'm looking
0: at him. I know. I know, but, no, but, but, but had, we've had this conversation. Before, I know. Um, I, I've, I've said it. For, I've said it since it happened. Let's say
1: for real. never. Let's, let's, let's say the hypothetical. Hypothetical for, for real.
0: Okay. Oh
1: my God. I I get a, I get a shot. I could direct my own movie. Believe she, she her face is ar- she already doesn't yeah, believe no, it. she's yeah. She's, she's like no no no. That's not gonna happen. I can direct my own movie. It's a it's a period piece. Takes place in the 1940s. It's about um it's about a it's about Angelina Jolie. And, um, and and she wants to do my movie. She's in. What no. would you? Say? <laughs> She'd have to think about it. No. no, my picture is on the internet. People know that I will probably
2: I not just, be dating I just, it. I, I, so
3: is mine. She just, <laughs> no, she just seems very dangerous, and that's what is exciting that's about what's her. That's
0: exciting about her. I, and she everyone is knows dangerous. Everyone has a friend like her. In my opinion, mm-hmm. not, not Angelina Jolie. You right.
2: have a friend. like her. I have like a friend her. like her, right?
0: <laughs> but I, 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 no, but I think that everybody has that friend that's like you're just. She's mesmerizing. She's gorgeous. Yeah. She's smart. She's mm-hmm. she can do anything. She, you know, and you're just. Why would you want your husband around her? I mean, that's that seems. Why
1: tempt
3: fate?
0: Why tempt fate? Yeah. Well, let's exactly. Go through, let's go through. I, nothing. Real fast. Not saying anything against you, Kenny. You're, oh, you know, I think that, you, 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 you I mean,
1: that's, that's the other part about it. I'm hopelessly
3: in love. I, kind of, I <laughs> kind of want to take back what I was saying a little bit. I do think that she has, I mean, Tomb Raider happens, then she does Original Sin, Life or something like it. She does the Tomb Raider sequel. Those movies don't do so great. She does Beyond Borders and Taking Lives. Again, none of these movies do so hot. Sky Captain's a big disaster. Alexander's a big disaster.
1: Sky Captain, not a great movie, don't mean to say it is. Pretty good use of Angelina Jolie. Sure, pretty smart kind of world. Minimal that I though, believe, she's not into mm-hmm. it that much. Yeah, but she, it, it's a it's a world. It's you a know? it's a visual. It's a, it's a visual world. I could believe her existing in. I agree with that in the context she yeah. exists in She doesn't. She's miss so her- heightened. The way she looks is so heightened. It's so unusual. <laughs> It's like I don't know. I, I and the way she carries herself and the performances she gives. All right, let's keep going. So she
3: does Alexander also in two thousand and four. Uh she doesn't have a great two thousand and four. Uh, she does a bunch of movies and none of them do particularly well. She does Mr. and Mrs. Smith, which is obviously a big deal. The it's best. not it's I the think it's a, I think it's a it's the best. I really love that movie. I think it's a blast. Um, obviously tabloids, the the you know, the the whole became, thing with, became with whatever. Uh Good Shepherd is boring, Mighty Heart was Oscar bait that nobody saw. Was she nominated? Uh, no. She was nominated for Changeling. I want to say oh, maybe. I never saw. Let's take a look. Changeling also really boring. But um, then she does the one-two punch of Wanted and Salt, and both those movies did really, really well. Salt's and an amazing movie. Salt is yeah. an amazing Salt's super, movie. Salt super, and I think I
1: think Wanted is a blast. It's she's, it's a, it's insane, but, but it's not a blast. The protagonist. So, but she's but that's great, and she's playing a cool role that a woman super doesn't cool doesn't often movie. get yeah. to play. Salt is Salt is the movie that changed Hollywood. Well, because. It was supposed to be for a dude, and they were like, "Let's give it to, Angelina and it to her. Yeah, right. yeah. She's better than any man could have been in that. She, She's amazing. But
0: she is as close as you will come. Her energy is very <laughs> masculine. <laughs> masculine. Yeah. I mean, she.
3: You it, you buy that she could kick your ass. You buy that she could kick your ass yes, in yeah. in the
0: in the scene yes, with Winona totally. Ryder. I I if I put myself in it, in Winona Ryder, I was like, shit, I would be scared. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. girl is hundred crazy.
3: But she does
1: those two movies, and those do really really well. The tourist, you know, the closest to her is. Who? In that, what you're talking about, Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell. Carrie Russell brings the same thing. Oh, in, in, the, Americans? The, Americans. in the American, the Americans. Yeah, no, she brings that yeah. same, yeah. that same vibe. Carrie yeah. so Russell
0: is amazing, and 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 she is is it, it, as far as her, she's she's a de- she has a very delicate look. Yes. So for her to Carrie bring Russell. Carrie Russell. Yeah. Yeah. So for her to bring that sort of Incredible. energy is yeah. amazing. It's a testament totally to her agree. performance. I
1: mean I love Matthew Reese in that, but like I cannot believe that he oh, won so and she never won. Show. It's shocking. Yeah.
0: He's excellent in it too though. He's amazing. Yeah.
1: Um so she does The Tourist, which
3: is a terrible movie that nobody saw. Uh the Johnny Depp mm-hmm. weird movie. And then Maleficent. You know, it's it's right. and she's got a couple things, Maleficent two and, and some other stuff that she's apparently in uh those
1: movies almost don't count to me. The uh the Disney remake movies. I like, I don't disagree.
3: It's just that's where we're at with it yeah. right now, unfortunately. I mean, like, well I think she's, she's, she's
0: focused huge... on directing. I mean I think she's directed yeah, a lot a lot, like a lot and I think that's where she kind of wants to
1: um,
3: so it's like a
0: natural progression.
1: It's her, her direct her directing the mo- <laughs> the movie she's directed. Yeah. Are a real weird bag in that they're yeah. almost like foreign independent films yeah. that hmm. nobody sees. People kind of like um, appreciate from a distance. Like no one thinks she's a bad director. Everyone kind of thinks all she's a good.
0: Incredibly difficult
1: and dancing, subject
3: matter. Subject matter yeah, they they that I really. I could see her hitting. I could see her hitting a vein though as a director
1: and actually you know what I mean like finding yeah. a piece of material
0: that really
3: connects with people. I think, really people and I, think yeah. I think
1: that will happen. Yeah. One day in the next 10 years, she will yeah. win an Oscar
2: for director. I a direct fully agree. Yeah.
3: So um, I'm going to give the synopsis for this film at the hour point uh, for people who. <laughs> this is haven't. what happens every time. <laughs> uh, but acts <laughs> as if it's a surprise. No, I know, <laughs> but I just. Anyway. Um, so. <laughs> Said in the changing world of the late 1960s, Girl Interrupted is the searing true story of Susanna Kaysen, played by Winona Ryder, a young woman who finds herself at a renowned mental institution for troubled young women, where she must choose between the world of people who belong on the inside, like the seductive and dangerous Lisa, played by Angelina Jolie, or the often difficult world of reality on the outside. Girl Interrupted opened on December 21st, 1999, with $95,000, it was platformed uh, against the Talented of Mr. Ripley, Any Given Sunday, Man on the Moon, and Galaxy Quest. That weekend continues to just like... Wow. Yeah. December of 99 was just insane. Uh, it would go on to make $48 million on a $40 million budget. As I mentioned, it has 58% on Round Tomatoes from critics and 84 from audiences. Um, I'm going to read a little portion of uh, Ebert's review, which I think, as we mentioned, feels sort of the most apt, but... Uh, in the spring of 1967, when everyone else, uh, while everyone else in their senior class seemed to be making plans for college, Susanna consumes a bottle of aspirin and a bottle of vodka. My hands have no bones, she observes. Soon, with a push from her family, she has committed herself to claim more an upscale psychiatric institution. The diagnosis, borderline personality disorder, says the shrinks. A supervising nurse, played by Whoopi Goldberg, offers her own diagnosis. You're a lazy, self-indulgent little girl who is driving yourself crazy. Winona Ryder plays Suzanne Kaysen, whose real-life memoir tells of how she lost two years of her life by stumbling into the psychiatric conveyor belt. Although mental illness is real and terrifying, the movie argues that perfectly sane people like Susanna can become institutionalized simply by because once they're inside the system, there is the assumption that something must be wrong with them. Goldberg's nurse has seen this process at work and warns Susanna, do not drop anchor here. Uh, the film unfolds in an episodic way, like the journalists based on themes make an appearance from time to time, but not consistently. The film is mostly about character and behavior, and although those are There are individual scenes of powerful acting. There doesn't seem to be a destination. That's why the conclusion is so unsatisfying. The story, having failed to provide itself with character conflicts can be resolved with drama turned to melodrama instead. And I do think that there is something to that, but I also think it's inherent to this subject matter that it feel that way, that the story is unsatisfying because mental illness is unsatisfying Mm -hmm. and makes for an an unsatisfying material, which I don't, want to hold against the film in some weird way. Like I almost feel as though that is inherent to the nature of it. And you do see them trying That's to jam true. some sort of faux or, or fake climaxes. Her chasing her through the basement to this like, sort of like suspensy bullshit is sort of there to feel like a climax. And it's like Shutter Island. It's
1: the
0: worst. Yeah. It was like Shutter Island. It felt so.
1: Well, that Shutter Island does that. Shutter Island is Shutter the- Island's a worse version of this, but yeah. Are
3: y- you're not a fan? I, I like Shutter Island more than you because I I get the sort of genre tropes that he's playing and like I think that this is just Scorsese having fun in a in a sort of like yeah. twisty sandbox. That's
1: not what this is. No,
0: no, I I think that when you get to that part, you 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 they kind of lost me. I, I mean, it, I think they it, it, literally
1: it, lost me. I think I fell asleep. He, the bar, they literally, literally
0: lost Kenny, <laughs> um, and he came back and out. he goes, "What? What happened?" And I said nothing. <laughs> it's, it's, it's. I, I, mean, you I, don't I need came up. too. Yeah.
1: Uh, I, I I want to ask a question mm-hmm. to the panel. <laughs> um, okay. We're 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 circling, or we're actually really kind of digging into this idea that um, movies about mental health are necessarily unsatisfying at the end. They can be inherently. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say hypothetically they shone a light on that, Mm. right? And someone at the end said something to the effect of this is never going to be over because this is an ongoing thing that's going to last for your whole life. In dialogue, would that be better or worse? Because I feel like the movie – I feel like people hold it against the movie that it doesn't come to a satisfying conclusion. And maybe they wouldn't if someone just spelled it out for the viewer. That's interesting. Well, I, think that there, there, I think there's some validity to that.
3: Sorry yeah, that.
0: I do too. I think I'm asking well, for
3: my own sake. <laughs> well,
0: I think, well, I'm I'm trying to remember the voiceover at the end.
3: It's real pat. Yeah, it's it's a yeah, lot of like just, I'll always remember my time at Claymore. <laughs> right, everything, everything right, was you know right. It's it's not great. The voiceover in this film actually that was one of my I, I don't love the very first Sorry, voiceover. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I was crazy, or maybe it was the 60s, or maybe I was a girl interrupted. Yeah, no. no. I don't love it when yeah. the title is dropped, and that's not great. But yeah, although the,
0: the, although with the book, I mean, girl interrupted. I mean, that's pretty much <laughs> it. That's all you need to know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, 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 but, it, just, but it, the voiceover it, as was the it didn't yeah. work.
3: And I don't. I, I I felt like the only time we have voiceover is in those two moments. Yeah. yeah. Just there's, I think there's one in the middle. I think I, I think I did think I pick, don't remember. Yeah, one. I think that there like, is. There's, there's a, a shot over it,
1: trees. There's an exterior it's, it's a, it's shot. It's a
3: montage sequence yeah. when she goes back to the- Oh, the, to, montage, and she's the ta- montage. And it's a passage of time thing. And she's
1: like, I started writing in my book and I found my thing. Yeah.
3: You're, you're not wrong. This there's three a, moments. This but is it's, another
1: thing that is particularly difficult when you're dealing with a memoir, which is, in a memoir, so internal,
2: Yeah.
1: how do you get right. the voice of the person, for whom the, the person whose, whose life rights you have acquired- and whose story you have promised to tell faithfully right. in a way that, in, in, in a way that is also cinematic, it's extremely difficult. Right. Well, I, I think it's that, and this is this on my might, mind every moment. This might that.
3: be the shitty pitch, but I, I much prefer the stand by me version of it. Mm-hmm. The person who's actually physically writing said memoir and is actually sort of like pouring out their hearts through voiceover either, you know, in the future and looking back on the, on the past, like as, as, well worn as that trope might very well be, it at least feels
1: you, earnest. You and mean feels, having the person like on camera? It's like Richard well, Dreyfus right? is typing camera, his memoir yeah.
3: about that summer, uh, and I only think we see him at the beginning and at the end. I could be wrong. We hear him punctuated throughout it because we know he's writing this book, and that just works. It's clean. It's it's a way to do a memoir that I think makes the most sense, and it honors what. You're She's doing, trying. which yeah, is literally yeah. adapting this thing. But, but well, Stand By Me is not real. But Stand By Me is not real. Oh, yes,
1: yes, so yeah, the, sure. So everything is being
3: – Yeah, but I, I, the, the, I, the I don't know that. Would,
1: the equivalent would be 30-some-odd-year-old 30, 30 Susanna mm-hmm. in the movie mm-hmm. writing it, which I think would be clunky too. So it's hard. I don't know that I, – I, I, I.
3: there's a part of me that thinks I might – I'm hopefully it's I would hard. buy it more. It is hard. It's hard to, to adapt these things. But
1: all that being said – um. We should, I, I don't, we should have done best movies based on a memoir. I'd be interested to kind of yeah, we can do
3: that. Well, I just oh, want
0: to mention one thing though about the the way that they handle um, the, the journaling in the movie.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, in the movie, they go back to their, their the the climax is they're all standing there with her journal, reading what she has to say about them.
3: You could yeah, you could use that too. You know, yeah.
0: and and you 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 feel like that's,
1: that's interesting too.
0: That's a little have yeah, lost
1: journal. But it's, you know, Chekhov's journal. I do that all the time.
0: But did that that work for you guys? Because I felt like at that point I was just like, well, you know, I mean, I see why they did it. Because they weren't consistent with the voiceover. And they had this montage where they're looking through where she's journaling everything that's going on. And so they kind of just like wrap it in a bow neatly with this scene at the end that, that I don't. Really,
3: I think there was a lot of. They, they, w- <laughs> to your point, I think they tried to to do it in through too many devices you had the files that they that they find of themselves right you had the journal that she's writing at the end you had the voiceover they just needed one consistent device throughout the entire thing and maybe the journal would have been the best way to do that if it's if 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 it's in present day quote unquote or whatever she finds her journal and she's reading her mm -hmm. journal and she's going through that you know your your bridges of madison county version of it where (laughs) you you pop back in and you sort of see that which again I would be fine with all of these devices. It's if there there's an inconsistency one. of device throughout the throughout it. Yeah. But I, I think that all of this being said, and I and I I do find myself having more of an affinity for the messiness of this film than I did before. Mm-hmm. Watching it again last night, I just was like, Yeah, fuck it. Mental health is messy and mm-hmm. all of this is messy, and these girls are going through this crazy time in their lives, and they feel, you know, like they don't belong and they don't understand what's going on in their heads and all that sort of stuff. So it kind of worked for me but again I'm making excuses for a somewhat narratively you know broken film but again sort of feels like the movie like the the, movie, yeah. the, the, the narrative device that they use of of the of the flashbacks and the pops to her past and what Mm -hmm. have you the transitions i think are really beautifully done i think that james mangold who is a filmmaker that i like i wouldn't say that he's made a film that i love but i do think that he's made a lot of films that i respect and i think he's an interesting filmmaker and he's got an interesting voice do you like logan i do like logan um
0: what about walk the line
3: I, you like that, right? I love. him. I like Walk the Line. I guess it's just none of his films have ever got past a B plus for me, if okay. that makes any sense. Like, I feel like he's always just like really, really solid, certainly above average, but has never sort of made a film, for me anyway, that I own. So that's, you know, that's a okay. barometer to a certain extent. Um, he's got a very eclectic career. I mean, Caden Leopold does. to Logan is, that's-
0: And then and then he did um, Men in Trees.
3: He's the pilot for Men in Trees? Yeah. That's so and funny. Trees. That's yeah. amazing. that he Anne was, Hash, Jenny Bix joint. Yeah. yeah, which yeah.
0: I thought was so interesting.
1: He was.
0: Didn't see that He's an comic. interesting guy. In <laughs> he
1: was drowning. Yeah, Copland was supposed to be that was a, the, the that next was thing. Fiction, man. Yeah. yeah, I remember that being, there was a really,
3: there was a big deal. People, who was it who was on here that said that their friends saw a standee for Copland and thought they were, do you remember this story? oh no. Someone came on here and was like, someone, a bunch oh. of friends got high and went into a movie theater to try to sneak into a movie. And they saw a standee for Copland and thought they were actual cops and ran.
2: I can't remember <laughs> who the hell it Manny. was now.
3: <laughs> I no, I don't remember who it was. But yeah, uh, it's, uh, uh, oh, it was like uh, Harry That's what it was. Oh, yeah. Um, on our October Sky episode. Which, which, by the way, based on a memoir. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Copland or October Sky? Mm-hmm.
1: Cop- uh, October, October start for star for sure, Yeah,
3: is, I don't even think it's true. I remember that everyone thought Stallone was going to win an Oscar for Copland.
1: He was like, nominated. He wasn't nominated.
3: Yeah, it was th- th- yeah,
1: because it was Trivolta. They all thought, like, yeah. this is the new thing you can do now. You can take some guy who's been a little lapsed. Mm-hmm. And put him in a serious yeah. movie,
2: and he'll like, win Tarantino it up. or get yeah. nominated yeah. or
1: whatever. It didn't happen. Yeah. He's an interesting. So speaking
3: of filmmakers or or filmographies, I feel like we should talk Winona for a second. Yeah, um, sure. She. This is unfortunately kind of the beginning of the end for her. Um, it, you know, she obviously has a huge run in the late eighties, early nineties, um, and then you know, essentially, she sort of hits a bit of a skid. She does. Uh, in 94, she does Little Women and Reality Bites. Um, and then. I loved
0: Reality Bites. I love
3: Reality Bites. She's on top of the world. She's on top of the world at that point. She does The Crucible, which everyone thought in 96 was going to be a big Oscar player Mm -hmm. and turned out to not be. Um, and she does Alien Resurrection the year after that in 97, which, you know, a big movie, but.
0: Right. How old was she when she did, um, Girl Interrupted? Um
3: that's a good question. I she wasn't even thirty. Yep.
0: No, I think she I think she was she's, thirty. I think she because she
3: was born in seventy one, it's ninety-nine. So there you go. Twenty eight. You know, she's 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 really killing it at, at that point. And you then she, what she does right after Girl Interrupted. Autumn in New York. Interesting decision.
1: <laughs> so she but I would also say I can't believe she did that movie. Yeah. Honestly, I can't believe she did that movie. I can't. That that really speaks to the time that that. Well, here's the thing, and I don't. I don't want to speak. The, uh, here's the thing about Autumn in New
3: York, written and directed by two women, and I wonder whether or not yeah, when Ryder is like, this is an opportunity. And again, I'm not disparaging it in any way. Directed by Joan Chen, that from yeah. from from, from um, Twin Peaks, yeah, and directed and written by Allison Burnett, who I don't I don't know, but. Um, Oh wait, Alison Burnett's a man, so I take it back. Which is interesting, but there you go. So, oh, Alison Burnett
1: know. is a Twitter person. Is it? He's around. Yeah, he's on. He's, he's a, a fairly prominent Twitter. Oh, person. Well, there you go. Uh. I don't know. Who knows why the hell she does that movie? But she, the the bigger issue
3: is that she doesn't really follow it up with anything. She's she's in nothing. Is this around the time that the 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 um, shoplifting happens? Oh yeah, I
0: think so. What, I, think I think so, so too. So, yeah, when that, does that, that happen? That was... Because
3: she's in a in no man's land. She's in a Friends episode. She's uncredited in Zoolander. Then she does Mister. Yes, yeah, this is definitely because she does Mister Deeds, which kind and then of hope see, is going to thing that bring her,
1: to bring Mr. her back. Mister Deeds was just a weird moment for her because it kind of felt like it was clearly beneath her. Yeah. And it also like was a really good get for yeah. Sandler as a girlfriend. Yes. So it Yeah. That's
3: right. where. And I remember he was. There was some he like grabbed her boobs on the stage of of like uh, oh, one yeah. of the MTV Movie Awards or something like that. I remember that too. Um, so it's it's kind of as I said, it's Girl interrupt is sort of the beginning the of the beginning end because right end. after that she has this scandal and. What a ridiculous scandal now. Like, can you imagine this destroying a career, somebody shoplifting today? No one would even notice. People would be like, what? Fine. Go make a movie. Like, it's just so crazy to me. It seems
0: like the press was sort of out for her. I agree with you. They really were. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't really know why. Young and pretty. Yeah, I guess young and pretty. I mean, she had a lot of high profile relationships Mm. and- but now, rem- remind me, did did she, was she nominated for this movie? She was not. I don't think she's
1: ever been nominated.
0: Yeah, she, she, she
3: was nominated for Age of Innocence. Okay. Um, she was? For Best Supporting Actress. Um, That's cool. Yeah, and she's, she's, and that movie is slept on. For whatever reason, people are, are very um, much... I don't know. I agree with you. It did feel like people's knives were sharpened for her, and yeah. I'm, I'm not entirely sure why. Yeah, well, she
0: she had the relationship. Sorry, I didn't mean yeah, to. Yeah, no, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. She was very close with Gwyneth Paltrow. There was this whole, like, palling around aspect of her life, and then the, there was some story about how she took Girl Interrupted from Gwyneth Paltrow, like how she, oh, wow. yeah, how she saw I, the wow. scripts on her desk and which clearly is not true. Cause <laughs> you said she, she worked on it and was developing it. And
3: yeah, she's, I mean, basically she was arrested in on December, 12, 2001. Yeah, so that's right around that. So it was right around this time. Um, and she's accused of stealing uh, $5,500 worth of designer clothes and accessories from Saks Fifth Avenue in Beverly Hills.
2: Oh. <laughs>
1: Fuck her, then.
3: <laughs> uh, in the security offices of the store before she was arrested, she signed Safety two civil five. demands, blah, blah, blah. Basically, during the trial, she was accused of using drugs, including Oxycontin. And Vicodin. I mean, she's also talks in, in an interview. She talked about how she was clinically depressed at the time. She was on heavy painkiller medication. Like, maybe we shouldn't have like destroyed this woman's career over shoplifting. And but it is what it is. Where did you it's say important. she is right now?
0: Well, she was in. Um, Stranger she's in Stranger Things. things. Stranger she's things in Stranger and she's- Things.
3: Yeah. And I think she's. I, I I would argue that she she finds her way back post Black Swan a little bit. Black Swan was a big deal for her. Black Swan gave her definitely gave her a boost. She's also in Star Trek in 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh she plays Box Mom. So uh it, it's she those two things give her a little bit of of help. Um she, I don't
1: think she's no offense to her. I don't think she's good in Stranger Things. I don't I don't like that uh I I, I don't think that, that she plays that well, but I also don't think that show's that great. Uh
3: I would agree with the latter. Um I don't necessarily I think she's playing it. I I don't actually mind her performance in it. I I I it. I mean that whole thing is just a pastiche of nostalgia. So to see Winona Ryder in the context of it is sort of.
1: It seemed like that was the reason more than the right person for the role. I would I would probably agree with you.
2: I, I she's also, actually, yeah. I
0: also think she's not a very she's not very versatile. She she's she really in my head will always play as like this reality bites grunge. Representative of that sort of time and place, and not well, she
3: was at the. I mean, she that she persona. Her she was, she well, was, and also yeah. she was she was the at the top of the hill when it comes to that stuff yeah. at that moment. I agree, I mean, she yes, in my mind, she'll always be a Tim Burton, you know, Beetlejuice, yeah. Edward Scissorhands thing. Um, and I adore those performances. And Reality Bites is such a sort of quintessential '90s yes. movie. That Lelena is, she'll always sort of be that in my head as well. Yeah. She is, I don't know if you guys saw Show Me a Hero. No. We watched it one is, episode. It's fantastic oh. i highly recommend everybody watch it uh she's actually f- really really on? good it's on hbo it was Remember a limited was series jim
1: blue yeah. was in it
3: everyone oh. david, david simon Man. david simon Man. david simon
0: did it go past the first season it was, it was
1: just, just it was a limited series. it was just oh, a, it was a mini series, series. Oh, and it was we watched one, one episode
3: it's also the did? best thing we just that,
1: have so much going on
0: yeah we just
1: it's it's really really it's really really
3: good and and it's Interestingly enough, fully directed, all of them are directed by Paul Haggis, mm-hmm. who I'm not the biggest fan of his direction necessarily. Either um, is Kenny. But it's <laughs> truly, truly fantastic. Really? And she is really, really good in it.
0: We should watch
3: it. Paul
1: well, Haggis, um, he's a nice guy, it seems.
3: I'm like. sure he's not. It I mean, seems to like listen, he's, he's trying to take down Scientology. Well,
2: yeah, There's that. He,
1: I, I take that back that he's a nice guy. I feel like, I feel like Biden when he said Pence was a nice guy. Yeah, that was crash maybe he mm, shouldn't have done that. Crash <laughs> crash <laughs> belies like a, a like a a genuine dislike of people who does who don't look like him. Mm-hmm. Like deep in his soul, I think he's yeah. like we're all racist and we shouldn't be. But we are, and that's really what comes up is like our racism. Yeah. And but it's terrible. But like we are, all right guys? It's like so he isn't a great guy. Well, but
0: we're living in a much different time now. <laughs> Yeah. He,
1: he, I think he's he he's probably right about half the population. He yeah. just belongs to that half, so. Fuck yeah. Him. Um right. but so, fuck Scientology too.
3: So, uh the casting, casting of podcasts. this
1: film was quite interesting. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh
3: there were a lot of people that that were up for roles. Um for you know, Reese Witherspoon, Rose McGowan, Kate Hudson, Christina Ricci, Katie Holmes, Gretchen Mall, Alicia Witt, Alanis Morissette, all auditioned for roles. Huh. Uh, Clay Duvall replaced Sarah Pauly, who fell out through negotiation. Clay was better than I thought she would be. She, she was quite is, good, she at. was
0: really good. I mean, her role wasn't all of that, yeah, she never yeah. plays characters
3: like that. She, she never was plays really vulnerable. Good. That's true, and, and I actually think that Sarah Pauly would have just been underused, like the role just. She's not in it that much. Sarah um,
0: Polly, I think, reads a little too close to the woman who played the anorexic. You do, yeah.
1: Yes, yes, I would agree with
0: that. I and think it was good to have
2: a
1: who I thought was good, and I
0: looked who, who her up,
2: good.
1: and I, she's
0: really never,
2: never done never, anything.
3: She looked very familiar to me too, in was a weird Angela way. Bettis, but. Yeah. Uh, Brittany Murphy replaced Lili Sobieski, who apparently left the project uh, for scheduling conflicts, which I think, thank yep. God. Uh, not that I dislike Lily Sobieski; she's fine, but Brittany Worthy is one
1: person who could have played that role.
0: Brittany Murphy, the best. She Brittany Murphy was great.
3: so good in this movie. She's—I mean, she's this amazing. is the thing about ninety-nine for us—is it's we realize how unbelievable Brittany Murphy was. That's yeah. what, that's the takeaway from people one of lists. the takeaways from ninety-nine. I mean,
1: everything, yeah. I mean, well, we, she's so good. we dropped it, gorgeous people did not appreciate just how brilliant of an
2: actress she, she was. was. Brilliant,
3: yeah. She was just absolutely fantastic. She, she just—I don't know. She's. In 99, we got several performances from her. We got this, Drop Dead Gorgeous. Um, and then there, is there one other one, or am I drawing? I guess I'm making that up. Uh, either way, Brittany was fantastic in this film, and and it's very, very sad. Uh a writer apparently handpicked James Mangold to direct this film after his movie Heavy that came out in 95. Rose McGowan and Claire Danes both auditioned for the role of Lisa. I don't necessarily know that I could see either of them in this role. Would have
0: been a totally different movie. Definitely yeah. not Claire Danes.
1: Rose McGowan seems like the boring person's choice. Yeah. Yes. Nothing against her, yeah. but it seems like that. If on the on the paper, on, on the, the page, yeah. In the absence of Angelina Jolie, like if you don't really know that she exists or what she can do, it does seem like Rose McGowan role. It yeah. does, but it's does. a little boring. It's a little yeah. boring with her in the.
3: Yeah. Paper. Um. So uh, we should just dive into the plot. Um, but an hour and 22 minutes, an hour hour 22 part. minutes. Since the podcast? <laughs>
0: it's okay. There's not a lot of it. So yeah, there is. <laughs> <a
3: lot. laughs> it does open, I think with a really arresting and interesting scene, which I is totally this agree. beautifully eerie moment in the basement of the hospital as Susanna is holding Lisa and these hospital guards are rushing towards them. It's all scored to Simon and Garfunkel, which you can probably yeah. never go wrong with. And it really sets the stage. I think for how, what this movie is going to feel like mm-hmm. And also shines a bright light on its problems too, in a weird right, way. Right. Because just narrative and character and what have you. Because
0: then you go to the scene where she's in the doctor's office yeah. and you have all it's it's light filled yeah. and you have the trees and you're it's very idyllic. And then as he's walking her out and he's saying, You need oh, you just you're just tired, you need to go for a rest. Yeah. You wouldn't want to go for a rest. I'd love to go for I a know. rest. Yeah. Talk about that. A rest yeah.
3: would, would be great. Great. Yeah. Right.
0: And then you she's walking out she's and gonna you watch your kids. <laughs> you see the Kennedy <laughs> The big Kennedy sign, Robert yeah. Kennedy sign, yeah, in yeah. the in the lawn, and you have the it's music. A great sense of place. It is. of place. I mean, the
3: movie sets
1: the stage for itself very
0: yeah. well. And I the,
3: think
1: that it's very well made, I, and the kind yeah, of yeah. people they are, right? Yeah. They're, yes. they're like us. Yeah. You know, they're they're the good they're the good ones. They're yeah. you know the, the people who want the best for their kids, and
0: right then you go into the Christmas party. I think, or I can't.
1: Yeah, it's it's what's
3: interesting as about how the beginning of this film is handled in terms of her being in the doctor's office is that the film does a very good job of making us unsure of Susanna's mental health. Mm -hmm. She doesn't seem quote unquote crazy. She's not in your face about it. She seems as someone who's kind of lost in a very strange time and a doctor who's nudging her in this direction. Even just the, the look on her face when she sees her mom in the car as she's getting into the cab where there's already a bag packed for, her, and it's this whole thing of sort of this very uh, delicate way of kind of shipping her off. You, you immediately sort of feel like is, is, should she should she be sent away? Like you really don't know whether or not that makes the most sense. Yes. And you and you sense that from her, and you sense it from the, the scenes that, that 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 come down the pike a little bit here of how she's signing herself into this hospital and all these things. She's just very right. Sort of,
0: she's they're saying, yeah. oh no, you're signing yourself in. Yeah, you know? she's like, you're, but Am I? Because right. it feels like
3: I'm being sort of told that I need to do this.
0: Right, and they're kind of kicking it down the line. Oh well, you'll talk to your doctor about that, or you know, yeah. did I really try to get? But I didn't try to kill myself. Well, you can talk about that. But also, the, it was it difficult. was interesting. That the doctor was really just a friend of her dad's, yeah. and so it seemed so like the, the whole thing. Yeah, so it seemed like the whole thing was just a setup.
3: The mm. reveal that Kenny is now wearing the uh, <laughs> Cruel Intentions t shirt that I uh, that I purchased for him. Very yes. nice. Um it they're, they're wear it whenever it's clean. They just, they do something great. Um, they start, and, and this is something that, that that's through the rest of the film, this fractured narrative that they do really nicely. Um, and, and it does, for a film that is pretty languid in its pacing, it does give you a punch here and there and sort of wakes you up a little bit. Um, nice. The first one being uh, her overdosing post overdose in the hospital. Uh, and she's, and I had never heard of this before this wrist banger thing, which I I guess hadn't
0: heard about it either.
3: So, uh, basically Susanna says to the, as they're in the ER, they're pumping her stomach. She says, you should check my hand. There are no bones in it. So she has sort of this depersonalization of of not understanding her own body anymore. Uh, and, and she's bruised her wrist. And I guess for people that potentially don't have the, I don't, courage is certainly not the right word, but people that are not, Willing to go to that, the inclination, but don't want to go as far as to actually slip the wrist. They'll bang their wrists on tables in order to to feel pain and and sort of uh, feel human, I guess. Right. Um, it's it's at, this, at this point, she's she's taken to the hospital. The cabbie says that line of don't get too comfortable. I also did not love the fact that it was the same cabbie same at the cabbie end. I was like, seems, come on.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't
3: need this. Yeah,
0: I agree.
3: Like, I know it's a loop. I get that she's stuck in a loop, you but like, I just, it, it, it just, it's just Put, stuff like that, that, that these attempts to try to conform this film. To, to movie fire. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Putting your daughter and he, and in you a... And you see the
0: transformation with him too. Did you notice yeah, that with the cab driver? Yeah. It's like gonna, same name, but he, now he looks different and he's like a little bit more cleaned clean up. Cut, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just I'm Putting it's your daughter necessary. in a cab. <laughs> yeah. To take her to a oh the parents are yeah, monsters yeah, is, monsters
0: because she said she wants to be a novelist I mean I, I,
2: I yeah it's like
1: I know it's crazy well I can relate but I know
2: <laughs> so but then we, we
1: I'm kidding my mom just told me she's gonna listen to this episode mom
3: you're, <laughs> you're the best <laughs> um then we meet Whoopi Goldberg who plays Valerie who's the who, who uh, is the head nurse at this women's ward Whoopi's great in this movie I think Whoopi's always great she's I mean great. Just always feels like a person that you just want to be hanging out with,
0: yeah, yeah, and, and a person that you believe genuinely cares about these characters in 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 a in a very dark, dark yeah. world.
3: So we, we meet the other people. Uh, this is kind of Whoopi's last real film performance. This felt a little Oscar-y. It felt a little bit like she was maybe trying to get a Best Supporting Actress nomination mm-hmm. or something like exactly. yeah. that. <laughs> so um, but then you, in the ward, we meet our other patients, Polly, played by Elizabeth Moss, who's great. She's great. Um, uh, she's a, schizophrenic. She's, great. she's, she's really great. good at this. God, is yeah. she
0: sad in this movie. Yeah,
3: she's just, when she's holding that cat, when she lets her keep uh. the cat at the end, you're just like, fucking thank God Polly got a cat. Yeah. <laughs> you just thank God. She meets Georgina, played by Clea Duvall, uh, who's a pathological liar, uh, and then Susan and also Susanna's roommate, and Daisy, played by Brittany Murphy, who self harms and has obsessive compulsive disorder. Um, and then we meet Lisa, who comes in like a fucking bull in a china shop, basically attacks Susanna and says, Why are you sleeping on this bed? Right. And
0: where's Jamie? And where's
3: Jamie? And Jamie killed herself because Susanna left the hospital. And they were besties. Lisa, Lisa. left
0: the hospital.
3: Yeah, yeah Lisa, sorry. Um, and then we have another great transition of Susanna sleep at her graduation, which again is sort of a great perfect moment of she just seems so unlike any women in the 60s Mm -hmm. to me, and which is why I find her character fascinating and also why her meekness makes her not maybe the best protagonist for a film.
1: I also assume that uh, there were a lot more Susannas out there. Yes. That if you kind of polled women at the time, a good percentage of them would say, no, that's what I was like.
0: Yeah, I I don't think again I I don't think that there was really anything wrong with her. I think that that her parents I think her behavior was maybe a little entitled? I uh, no, I I I don't think that she was entitled. I think she was reckless. I think she was reckless and I think that her parents just wanted her to go away. And they wanted her to – they didn't want to do any of the work themselves. They wanted her to, to – and I think that that's really representative of the time too. I think everything was just brushed under the rug and, you know, you parents were standing there with a cocktail and a friend and, you know, yeah. on so, to the next yeah. party. So and, much has
2: changed. So much has changed. Right? <laughs> so much has and changed.
0: I, and I think that, that she just didn't fit into a box and so they wanted her to go there to be fixed. And yep. then they wanted mm-hmm. her to come back. Wrapped up in a bow and say, you know,
3: which I imagine happened a lot back then.
0: Yes, yeah. I think so.
3: Too. And and I think that's right. Happens today, just to just a different just
0: to a degree. different degree. Yeah. But no, again, no
1: question, yes. happens today among the cl- among mm-hmm. the the descendants of that class, mm-hmm. the Susanna, Susannas of yesteryear are doing it to their kids. Yeah, I hundred percent. Which is which is really sad.
0: It is very. Um, it, it's it's incredibly depressing. I mean, seeing those young girls in that hospital and. Mm-hmm. Polly and what the, they they had done to each and and also there's another element of it I think that's important to mention and that is the control. You know, these are girls that don't have any control of their own lives or circumstances, and really I think that that's what Susanna was looking for. Yep. her her voice and control and and her own you know i want to be she's like i'm not promiscuous what what is that really well and that's
3: a whole other that's I mean, a whole other there's thing a, with, there's, there's a lot of very interesting gender politics that exist yeah. in this film too just in terms of how the perception of of what that means in the 60s and what it means now and yeah. and and a term that is only attributed to women is just it's all just it's crazy mm-hmm. um but we So we meet Toby, played by uh, Jared Leto at this point. Uh, she meets him at a party. Um, he says, I was at your graduation. You're pretty when you sleep, um, which is cute. And th- they have a nice chemistry, the two of them, actually. Yeah, I'm I I, not a very big Jared Leto fan, <laughs> if I'm being completely honest. Um, but I didn't mind him in this. I think that this – I don't mind him when he is subdued and when he is not – just swinging for the fences and just chewing scenery with just, I, so I did like him in this, even though his beard looked really fake. Yeah, his beard um, was terrible. Yeah. His beard was just awful. It was awful. terrible. Terrible. Um, so Toby's uh, bro gets picked in the draft, um, which is, you know, an interesting sort of situation, I guess, insofar as that he wants to run away with her, but she doesn't, she feels as though, she belongs with these women, Um, which again is interesting. I mean, uh, although that's, sorry, that, that's, I got ahead of myself, but yeah. You're telling the story of therapy. That's
1: okay. Yeah. Uh,
3: Then we get the Brittany Murphy chicken situation. Which was a really interesting scene. She's fantastic in it, but super gross. All the decaying super carcasses gross and, under and, the bed and, and
0: played very closely to the book. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I thought was so interesting because I, I have to be honest, I did not know what to make of the chicken thing. <laughs> I mean, I was like, I, yeah. I, I this is yeah. wow.
1: Am I the only one who thought it looked good? The chicken, not <laughs> yeah. under the bed chicken. Yeah, but We're the, the on, only one on the, the bed, bed chicken, chicken looked pretty, pretty good. Yeah. yeah, you
3: know, not necessarily worth what she needed to do to get the chicken. No. But I, but I would agree that the chicken... I was, was very decent.
0: confused by the whole chicken thing. I Maybe love, I love a rotisserie chicken.
1: What can I
3: say?
0: I don't think I'm ever going to have another rotisserie <laughs> chicken. <laughs> Is
1: that, that, that's that's that spells that's very it. bad news for our family. It does. I know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I thought it was just...
1: It looked really gross. S- yeah.
3: So
0: disgusting. And, and I...
3: Yeah, are we, out, are we, are we, we are done? Chicken game. Don't worry, you I can mean,
0: still have your chicken. I drink.
3: will your say, drink. yeah. So uh, then, Susanna's parents come to talk with Doctor. Melvin, played by Jeffrey Tambor, um, of uh, kill, uh, teaching, teaching Mrs. Tingle. Mrs. Tingle fame, yeah uh, who says that Susanna might have a borderline personality disorder. That scene again just felt like we just there's just stuff in this movie that felt like we had to have signposts of her. Uh, Progression or lack thereof of her sort of mental status, like yeah. the scene again, just makes me go like, yeah, her parents are the fucking worst, and she's probably not crazy. And this, and this, Doctor Melvin really has no idea what he's talking about, right? So I guess in that sense, and he's in, he
0: seems like he's maybe overmedicated. <laughs> in yeah. my opinion, I mean, that might be a
3: Jeffrey Tambor thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he does deliver things in a very laconic sort yeah, of. Yeah, I mean, he's way. Well, back was, then.
1: Yeah, he's a little more animated now. It's like he found some gear. Yeah. That he didn't. That he didn't have until he was Larry fifty. Sanders. That's yeah. right, Larry yeah. Sanders. Yeah, yeah, they they finally realized like yeah. there's a way to yeah. energize this guy. Yeah, yeah.
3: They sneak into a bowling alley that night. Then they sneak into the doctor's doctor Melvin's office and they read their files. I do think there's something powerful about these patients reading
1: their own diagnosis. Um, was that in the book? No. That seems like <laughs> mm-hmm. a screenwriter came yeah. with that idea. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right, and they yeah. followed through with it, in in the end.
1: The ice cream thing is great. They go
3: for a field trip yeah. to an and that's ice cream true. store. That was in the book. Yeah. She it's, didn't it's run great. into the
0: dad's friend. But.
3: No. Which, again, kind of makes that seem worthwhile. Like, yeah. as a writer, like, I can't just have them fucking just go out ice Go out for ice cream. has got to be right. a reason for yeah. it. And then they come up, which is fine. And I did like the one of us kind of, you know, quality of them all kind of coming to her aid and all acting crazy in order to get this woman to go away, which I liked. Um no. And, that, and then we have a great passage of time montage to Wilco's How to Fight Loneliness, um, which is a beautiful song, which I believe they wrote for this movie, if mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. Um, because Winona, if, if known for nothing else, dated a lot of musicians. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, and Johnny Depp. And Johnny Depp. One forever. forever yeah. Right. Um, so uh, that's now Toby comes and asks her to run away with him. Um, the, there's a really nice moment where one of the guards – she's sleeping or almost sleeping and he does a check and she's like, why do you like me? And he is like, he doesn't really have a good answer for it. And he says, I hope you get better someday so we can go see a movie. It's just a really nice moment. Then she, then she makes out with him later. And it's unfortunate because that guard who has no name, who she's clearly like, he's clearly in love with her and,
0: yeah, it's, and then it's he gets sort of
3: moved. Male orderlies were kind of a weird thing, anyway. Yeah. But yeah. I guess. But but you th- but it was true. Yeah, yeah. It was, you
2: know.
0: just makes
3: me think of Terminator Two. That's just where my brain goes <laughs> <laughs> to those male orderlies in those white outfits. And yeah. remember that scene where he like licks her face? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just like I can't with male orderlies. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, male male. Or- yeah, I agree with you, male orderlies. You feel like there's something really well
3: because there's a power dynamic that, that just seems, seems really wrong. wrong. Yeah, that you're just like this should <laughs> be. this shouldn't be? Yeah, they, well, they yeah. shouldn't be
1: allowed there.
0: Yeah, you know, and yeah. and they're like these young guys who he was like, you're going to get me fired. Like, he seemed like he just needed a – he was just yeah. a young guy needed, he needed a job. job. Seems yeah. like
1: it had – I would imagine that happened all, all the time. time yeah. For sure. Yes, and I would imagine it was a lot worse than what we saw in the movie. Yeah. Yes.
3: He was –
1: yeah, they painted the submissive. mail guard as the
3: best possible he version was, of this yes, mail guard. Yes. He's
1: a, he was that nice dude from um, from Orange to the New Black when yes. the, the, the yeah. most of them were porn stars. Yeah. You yeah. know?
3: Uh, they sing downtown to Polly when she's Love in that. It. Yeah. It's a very nice scene,
0: and they end the movie on it.
3: And they end the movie on it. Uh, but Whoopi's pissed at Susanna for all this rule breaking, so she sends her to see Doctor Wick, played by Vanessa Redgrave, who's yeah. always great. Um, but I will say that I didn't, I didn't necessarily. I mean, I again, it's it's. I realize that this movie is based on the progression of Susanna. She's our main character, and it's her arc through this. So I understand. The, the purpose that Vanessa Redgrave serves, mm-hmm. but I didn't necessarily love the scenes that I don't really
1: understand the purpose she served.
0: I, I didn't, I, I mean, I... <laughs> Fair. Touché. Well, I think that she's, I think that the, purpo- the purpose that she serves is that she's going to, what do they call her, Wick? The,
3: I don't remember. I don't they remember. had some stupid nickname so, for her, if so I remember or something. something but,
0: but, but it was something derogatory towards...
3: It, oh, she was, a, a, was she
1: gay? Was
0: they were crazy? saying or she, yeah, they called, yeah, a, they they called, called Dr. her
1: Dike.
3: Dr. Dyke. Dr. Dyke. But
0: I thought that the the point in, in for for her, her role was really, she was, you know, this was a young woman going to an older woman. I mean, I know that seems kind of obvious. That's interesting. But yeah. I, but, and she just was very stoic and very, this is the role that you're going to, you need to play. And this is the role that you, you have to play to get out of here. Yeah. And Winona Ryder realized that. Susanna, yeah. and she started. You know, then they have the scenes where she's on the mon. She, it's in the montage where she's on the couch and she's telling her yeah. what she wants to hear. And yeah,
3: no, I think it, it. The only purpose that I think the Vanessa Redgrave serves is is, is later when post Daisy's death, she goes back there. Susanna mm-hmm. goes back and she fully engages in her therapy. Right, and you see that sort of montage of of how this can work or is working for her. But the stuff before it felt like a retread of her disdain towards any sort of authority figures, which is a little weird. I would also say, too, is Susanna gay or bisexual in real life? No. Okay. Because I I didn't really understand the kiss between her and Angelina Jolie.
0: Yeah. I think that there there was in the book, I think that it was sort of—
3: Was there some experimentation? No,
0: there wasn't any experimentation, but I think that— the dynamic between Angelina, i think they really played up the mo- in the movie i think they really played up the dynamic and relationship between angelina Jolie okay. and okay cuz they already. needed it
2: cuz they need yeah
0: I, I don't think that there was anything like that in the book but okay. i think that that her promiscuity and and sort of her rebellion it all kind of went along cuz
3: it adds it i mean it so we're at this point where basically lisa convinces her to bust out of the hospital yeah. with her and they're in the van and they sort of kiss in this sort of jubilant moment of being, of, of, of yeah, getting out of Bonnie there. And yeah. Moment. Yeah. Which is, which is fine if that's all yeah. it was, but it also just sort of was kind of like, I don't know, it, like what yeah. it would, it, it, I don't know. But,
2: if, yeah,
3: but they essentially, um, <clears throat> they
1: go to Daisy's apartment it, it, for it, refuse. It's an interesting <clears throat> moment because I, I saw it kind of as a, a cynical Moment of titillation, specifically for the audience.
0: I, I would That's kind of how I felt I about it too. I wouldn't even be. I wouldn't even be surprised if that was. If if that was improv if that wasn't even in the script.
1: Because it's it's interesting
3: how Lisa's not receptive to it. Really, the look on Angelina's yeah, it, face is, is just like, wait, what are you doing? It feels more like it's for Susanna's benefit than yeah. it is for Lisa's. But I, to your point, I'm not really
1: sure why it is it's hard to for it's, it's hard for me to, to read it because it is text now. It's in the movie, right? It's yeah. hard for me to read it as anything other than sexual because just. Hypothetically, mm-hmm. if this movie was about men, sure, and two men kissed in that situation would
0: have been a much bigger deal.
1: No one would have even, for a second thought, like, "Is this just a platonic kiss between two guys?" Yeah. Now I understand the I understand the attitudes between you know I mean the attitudes towards homosexual men and homosexual women are different, but not in the '60s. In the '60s, yeah. a kiss between two women was always interpreted sexually. Yeah. So yeah. it is hard for me to just think of it as think of it any other way within the context of the movie, but. Yeah, you know, it does feel like it's it, it it's apropos of nothing. It was not set up. It was not paid off. And I, Laura, I think I yeah. agree with you that it probably was a day of decision. Yeah, I think so. It it it, it felt,
0: felt like it.
3: it felt it felt unmotivated. It felt yeah. just sort of like it was there.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, they go to Daisy's apartment. Um, uh, Lisa taunts Daisy for enjoying the sexual abuse she suffers from her father. Um, it's a brutal scene where uh, Daisy says, you know, you're just you're just pissed because I'm better. They released me because I'm better. And she says, they didn't release you because you're better. They gave up. Um, and then the next day, um, they find Daisy having hung herself and slit her wrists, which feels like a hat on a hat, but
2: mm.
1: okay. I guess it was just... each their own when it comes to suicide.
0: Well, she, <laughs> they, they had revealed... <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. They had revealed that she... Was cutting. I mean, they, they yeah. showed all this. The, maybe
3: maybe you're right. Maybe that's what it was. May, I, yeah. I
0: thought that that's what it was. That I makes didn't more think sense. think that, that it makes was. More yeah, sense. I yeah. thought that she was just a cutter. And, yeah. And, and honestly, and I know this is going to sound so horrible, but I almost felt a sense of relief for her. Yeah. I yeah. thought well, she well, was. Considering was the so, life she was living. Yeah, awful. I felt she was so tormented and yeah. it was so sad. I felt like maybe she would found a little bit of peace.
3: Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, we've talked earlier about how. It's not even that not feeling a way out, but feeling no way to silence the you know the the noise in your head. Had, yeah. uh, you do feel like on some level, hopefully, um, yeah, that there's some sort of peace that comes with it. But yeah,
0: I mean, I, I don't. It was it was a hard way to. I, I I didn't see any. I think I don't. I didn't see any other way out for her. I really didn't. I didn't yeah. see that life coming. It's sort of.
3: I didn't. You know. It's it's interesting. I I I never. In any of the times that I saw it, I don't think I ever felt like I put together that the father was sexually abusing her before the revelation of it. I knew there was something fucked up about that relationship, but I didn't know what yeah. it was.
0: It's definitely in but, the book. Um, oh, it is in the book. Yeah. Okay.
3: Well, I mean, okay. Yeah. Uh, so Susanna's appalled when Lisa searches Daisy's room and body for cash.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, the smirk on Lisa's face is really brutal. Yeah. Um, and then uh, realizing she doesn't want to become like Lisa Susanna, phones the ambulance, goes back to Claymore, and actually really fully engages in her therapy and in the various things that she wants to do. Uh, Lisa's brought back to Claymore. Um, she steals Susanna's diary and reads it for the amusement of the patients, and we get our whole sort of basement sequence. All this stuff in the basement, I thought it had a really great mood. Um, I just wish that they had stopped shy of a full chase sequence through the basement. Like mm-hmm, I think yeah. that, uh, as we mentioned, the opening in the basement is – it's got a really great vibe to it and you really sense this almost purgatorial quality that exists down there um but it 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 goes one step too far when it becomes like a slasher movie where you've got yeah. like Lisa seeming almost like she's some sort of a you know maniac. That's like mm-hmm. I yeah, when the door is
0: closing them. and she, and and then Winona Ryder, yeah. her hand gets stuck in the door. And she, yeah, yeah. Like I don't know it what seemed. What was the yeah, point?
3: I don't know what that was all yeah. about. And and it, it's no again, I'm sure it all had meaning in the moment, but I but it, at the time watching it, I was just like, this just feels like we're just dialing this up to eleven because we need people to know that this is the yeah, climax of the film
1: because it really did feel like because we're putting forty million dollars into this movie and we're trying <laughs> yeah. to make our money back. This movie probably would have been better served on a smaller budget with lower yeah. expectations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, feels like Winona went all in and just – and really kind of – she's it, a producer on it. And, and, and she didn't have much of a – it feels it, like she, she felt like she choice. didn't have much of a choice. Yeah. Um, That's true, too. Yeah. Um, That's, which yeah. is unfortunate. But again, you it, it's, it, would, it would have been very hard for a star of Winona's stature to say, I think this has to be a small movie. That's true. You know? Yeah. yeah. So – Yeah. So, uh, you
3: know, we have the big confrontation between Susanna and Lisa. Susanna unleashes on her and says, "You know, it's because you're already dead, Lisa. Nobody cares about you." And and uh, Lisa breaks down, almost commits suicide with whatever the medication is in that needle. And yeah, I'm not sure what not it is. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Yeah. Um, but the I didn't patients know if she was right going to
0: use the needle on Susanna. Yeah, it, was all, it was It, it was. It was weird. Seemed, yeah,
3: it was. I was unclear. And then before Susanna's release, the next day, she goes to Lisa and paints her fingernails as she's strapped to the bed in solitary and says, you're going to get out of here and it's going to be okay. And, and, and through the voiceover, we hear Susanna talk about how some patients got out and we are on Angelina when she says that, which I guess is our way of alluding to the fact that maybe Lisa does get out of there. Um, And then, you know, she reflects through voiceover about how much she remembers Claymore and Blah blah blah. It's right. a little. It's a little nice, you know. We get the cabbie again, and it's it's you know again. It's an attempt to try to adhere a somewhat unwieldy true story into some sort of a you know, narrative structure.
0: Right, and I, I think she does say seeing death makes dreaming about it fucking ridiculous. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, well, yeah. I mean, and, yeah. And I think that that's an
1: argument for. Showing our kids some death <laughs>
3: wow uh, no,
0: I think when you, you really see, <laughs> when you really see the crazy and when you really see yeah, what it looks like true. on the other oh, side true.
3: you realize you're not you too. realize you're not crazy well,
1: yeah. or at least that you're not to that degree yeah,
3: i
0: mean I agree, yeah. I,
1: agree yeah. I agree with that I agree with that. I think it's important to be exposed to all sorts of things to realize how good you
2: have it yeah. so
1: um in nineteen ninety nine I would have probably ranked this
3: film um with a sixty five I think that I liked it fine. I don't think I really loved it. I think that uh, it, it it was fine. Um, when I watched it however many months ago, I'd say I probably had the same feelings about it. Um, watching it last night, I went up a little bit and I gave it a 70. Um, and I might even give it a 72 now. Mm-hmm. I think that this conversation made me sort of um, appreciate it that much more. I think it's a better movie than I gave it credit for. Um, I think that I... I think that like audiences, I wanted this movie to be more satisfying. And I think watching it last night, I realized how unfair it is to, to try to put that on top of a movie about mental illness, because I don't think it adheres to that. And I think we should embrace the messiness of
1: it for what that's worth. Laura, do you have Garla?
0: (laughs) Kenny. I'm happy to go.
2: Um,
1: (sighs) I think I thought, I think I like this movie. I think I thought I liked this movie when I was younger. I probably would have given it about a 60. Um, I think I don't want to do one after the last watch. Okay. After this watch, I was prepared to come in here and say it's a 54. Mm. Um, that was my plan. Uh-huh. After our conversation, I want to make one point about it and the reason that I'm bumping it up somewhat spe- somewhat significantly. In looking back at a lot of these 1999 movies, one of my biggest criticisms of, of so many of them, the ones I don't like, is that it's dealing with a subject or subject matter and it's doing a very poor job at it from a from a backwards, retrograde right, right, right. point of view. House Rules is a very good example of that. We're like, not a lot of movies talking about abortion, but it yeah. does it in a very poor fashion. poor fashion, a very backwards looking way from the point of view of people. Who, don't, who aren't actually really affected by it in the way that people who actually go through it are affected. Yeah. So this movie handles its tricky subject matter the right way.
0: I can't stop looking at your cruel intentions.
1: I am <laughs> wearing a cruel intentions <laughs> shirt. Um, that fell got me. So uh, because of that, and because I think it is a fairly good job and it's a sympathetic for- portrayal of people who don't often get portrayed sympathetically in movies, I'm going to give it a 70. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought Angelina was fantastic. Your turn, though. Okay. <laughs>
0: um, <laughs> I think when I first watched it, I was I would give it probably some probably a seventy two. Let's say.
2: Okay.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I enjoyed it. I think I probably now, in dissecting it and having seeing where the the, the careers of all these people have gone, and mental illness and how how it's it's portrayed, which. We talked about, um, I think I would now give it also to based on what you said, Kenny, about how they it, it's, it really is told from, from their perspective sure, For, sure. It, and, and pretty sticks pretty closely to the memoir. I think I would give it an 80. That's
3: a good, that's a, that's a, that, that, that that's feels a good right. score. That's a good, that's score. A good yeah, score. I, mean, I appreciate
0: I, that. I think, I, I, I think that it, it really, I think it's a really important movie. I think it's a powerful movie, and I think it's important. And I think, if, yeah. if 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 none other than it, just to see, just to give these girls a voice, I think is important.
1: More than anything, I think you're right. I think it's an important movie. Yeah, and it, and the fact that I'm it does work perfectly yeah, is, is secondary. Secondary. This yeah. isn't. It is an important. Like when we yeah. talk about movies from 1999, this is one of the ones I bring up because I know it resonates with people. Yeah, it, it's. It wasn't. I mean, truthfully, it's a movie that a lot of people, you know, have talked to
3: us about People you know what I mean? It's, 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 yeah. and, and it's it's understandable why you know i think that it's filled with powerful performances talking about very powerful material
2: yeah
3: um and we don't get enough movies like this um so yeah i mean it's 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 interesting how i sort of come around it i'm i'm just i'm really happy i rewatched it again last night
0: yeah um, I, I would like to watch it again after this well it's so funny just, yeah. yeah i
1: mean to your point i was saying it's Laura on the way over it's almost like we should be watching movies twice, twice. Yeah. because I mean, it this depends is, it on the sure. a <laughs> few times. It happened to me with Blue Streak, where the first time I'm like, ah, second time yeah. I'm like, this is the funniest movie yeah. I've ever made. Yeah. Um. So Dudley Do Right it happen too. The movies I've watched twice, have right. grown. They, they've grown in stature for me, but I, I, yeah, I mean, I haven't done
3: it a lot. Um. You know what I mean? Movies that I haven't seen before sometimes feel like I mean, listen, this is you know we're watching these movies. They feel they can sometimes feel like homework. So that's not always great for the film. Right. Um, so, but I, I, this is one of those films that I'm, I'm just sort of, um, I'm also, I have to say too, that I watched it after having a conversation with Lisa, um, my Lisa, my girlfriend mm-hmm. about the, the way that it's personified in film and television. Mm-hmm. So seeing it through that lens is, I don't know, it, it gave it gave the film more resonance for me. Yeah, I
0: think it probably softens you a little bit yeah. too to to your criticism of the film. Yeah. I also think that the memoir, watching the movie and just knowing that 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 Susanna goes on to write this book. Yeah. Is really That's, yeah. powerful and I'm so yeah. happy that she, you know, I think that yeah. the, the, unfortunately the truth is that the success rate with people that are in institutions like that. Yeah. No, it's pretty low. It's yeah. So this is kind of a uh, this is actually a, a uplifting story. It's a tr- It is. It, it is. It's, it's a, it's, a triumphant
1: it's, it's, story. Yeah. It, it is. really is. So next week next week, we're doing the wood.
3: We are the wood. The uh the T Diggs movie. <laughs> <laughs> Diggs, Omar Epps movie. Omar Epps,
2: yes, sir. It's an Omar a life for a scene. Yeah. yeah,
3: we have a we have a friend of mine coming on, friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Sure, uh, Alexandra, old coworker. old coworker from UTA, an agent now at WME, uh, a turncoat now, a WME. turncoat. Uh, Alexandra Amin, she's coming on to talk about uh, about the wood, a film I had, I had not seen.
1: You want to uh, you want to say that director's name? Who directed this movie? I can't remember. Uh, oh God, damn it! You're going to make me try to. Pronounce I believe this it's last Rick Rick Yeah, Fum- Yeah, that sounds right. All right. He's a brilliant director who also directed Dope. He did. Um, and, uh, and other films. And other films. Yeah. I'm but trying... The Wood is kind of a test run for Dope, in my opinion. Um, some people like him more. Um, I, I, I really liked Dope. Uh, I saw it in
3: the theater. I really liked it a lot. The Wood is a really, really interesting movie. It was a really interesting conversation, too. I felt like we yeah. did, we dipped into a lot of stuff. He did Brown Sugar, as well. The um, Wood
1: is one of four MTV Films movies that year. The other three are Election. Varsity Blues, um, 200 cigarettes, 200 cigarettes, which we've already done.
3: Yeah. It's, it's, it was a very interesting company that unfortunately does no, no longer exists. Along yeah. with, uh, recently we found out that Fox 2000 is now going away the other day. As of
1: a couple of days ago. Um,
3: but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a really, I thought it was a really interesting conversation, uh, about coming of age movies and about sort of, you know, obviously movies about African Americans and all of that. It, it was, it was a, I don't. Know. I, I was. I was really happy with what we did with it. Um, Alex was great. Alex I thought it was super great. fun. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know else. You got anything else to say? Oh, about, tune it. in. Tune in next nice yeah. week. It's yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a really good one. watch watched really the movie part, before. Part of, part Tay
1: Diggs, it. so handsome, beautiful man. But Alex thinks so more bad. I mean, come it's on. interesting. Yep. All right. All Thank right, you. Right, tune right. in. I want to say what a what a privilege <laughs> <laughs> and a pleasure it was. We've been talking about this for longer than the podcast exists. Yeah. You're going to come back, right,
3: Laura?
0: Oh, I'd love to come back. I mean, just to be able to have an adult conversation for an hour <laughs> is, is really something for me <laughs> yeah,
3: <laughs> on a I, Sunday I morning. Imagine. That's true. So,
0: thank you for having me.
3: Thank you for coming on. Truly. That's great. And we'll find something else for for you to come back I'd on. How great was this? <laughs> It was fantastic.
0: How good yeah. this was! Wonderful. Kenny, Kenny and I don't talk, you know, as adults much. <laughs> no, no, no. no. We,
1: we we talk about children. Yeah. Um, Two children, and, and then we scheduling. All, I imagine.
0: Yeah, scheduling the <laughs> oh. scheduling to get here. Was. Oh
1: wait, wait, no, no joke. We, we saw Phil. and I saw Phil in Starbucks yeah. on the way here. It's and true. Then we sat in the car for 15 minutes scheduling the yeah, rest of the day. The rest of the day before we came <laughs> here. Yeah. It's
0: very wow. complicated.
1: It sounds. Yeah, uh, but the day is scheduled. Enjoy yes. your birthday party.
0: Thank you. <laughs> Happy birthday, Violet. See you in
2: four hours. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you
3: so much for coming on. Thanks, Bill. Uh, I am at Miskov on Instagram and Twitter. We are a podcast like Nineteen Ninety Nine. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks. Okay.